Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag three, whoever he is. Get your clothes, fascist ass out of here! Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this is, is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true and international over departure. <laughs> Hey, why the fuck is the gas so hot, bitch? You want to be fair, then you will frame this as uh, Joe Biden being a candidate that supports American democracy and Donald Trump, a candidate who supports a new form of government here that's authoritarian. People go, oh, you can't compare the past Nazi leaders because he hasn't done that. Well, just because he hasn't done it yet doesn't mean he won't do it when he gets a chance to do it. He's not a normal candidate. He is running to end American democracy as we know it. He's charged with leading schemes to help overthrow the United States government. The only thing that stood between him and the destruction of American democracy was the federal judiciary. He will execute whoever he's allowed to imprison, execute, drive from the country. I doubt it. You are fake news. Fuck around and find out. Very fake news. You sound like a hysterical, bleeping, snowflake, lesbo bleep. Well, it's not my concern. It's not against the law, whole fuck you. Jeez. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. All right, America, go to the YouTube right now. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations to both of you. You're awesome. Yeah, five, four, three. I can't do it. We'll do it live. <laughs> Fuck it, we'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the very best. You can ask anyone about It is that. a show that almost doesn't happen the last few weeks well here i am we have the plague yeah. to celebrate uh my return to some semblance of health i'm feeling so good because by some sort of miracle i am nearly fully recovered though you'll probably still detect some lingering weakness and obstruction in my voice I'm a lot better <laughs> now than i was during the week it got into my eyes man i got like double Ugh. pink eyes gross so I'm thinking, great, this is going to be back to normal somewhat. It turns out we're playing AIDS hot potato or whatever. Now you have caught the hot potato. Oh, it's so bad. And then naturally, it would just be too much trouble for the universe to sync up my daughter's illness with my illness. So she gets really sick and then I get really sick just right after. Just can't, can't catch a break. I know. Speaking of, there we go. <clears throat> Three, two, one. I know it's cliche to say that if you have your health, you really have it all. But this, well, really the last two to three weeks proven that point to me, not that I was under any delusion otherwise, but between DVT and every variant of COVID AIDS that I've had, and I don't know, maybe I had the, the Chinese pneumonia. Did you hear about the Chinese pneumonia that's circulating? No. Now? I don't know how that's different from COVID, but now there's Chinese pneumonia in the mix. Um, it has been the better part, like the, I've spent the better part of this fall sick and it's so refreshing to get back to something that is close Ugh. to full energy. Um, and You and sound horrible. 
Somebody in the live chat just said these two look damaged. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, I don't know if it was the Chinese demonia or what it was, but this this was completely destructive. I was bedridden for the better part of the oh, week. Yeah. And now, you know, I'm bearing the lead because my wife has it. And uh, wow, it's baby time. Actually, tonight at midnight oh marks the official... Uh, point at which she reaches 37 weeks and the baby's not premature anymore if he were to be born. So yikes. any day now. Yikes, yikes. That is so crazy. Any Anyway, um, <clears throat> we will do our best to get through the night without more annoying throat clearings or coughs or whatever else may, may play. I us, promise but, nothing. Well, I will do my best. And of course, we uh, hope everyone had a delightful Thanksgiving holiday as well. Did the sickness ruin your Thanksgiving? No, my sister came and her family was all was all sick and oh so they did it no i was i was sick before they came and then they came and they're like oh we're also sick i was like great everybody can just share their disgusting germs all right it was pretty good it was you know everybody got along and you know the food was good even though i changed some things with the menu this year are you uh like uh, chief uh chef chief cook is that all your operation no we split it up um I, I don't want to do a turkey. So like I'll do all the sides. I don't give a shit. I just don't want to do that. Turkey. But you still do turkey. Just someone else handles the responsibility. <clears throat> My parents did. Got it. You, you, Brussels sprouts. Say, don't be one of those ham people. Honestly, turkey does nothing for me. I, I've considered ham. <laughs> I don't know. That's blasphemous as far as I'm concerned. But people are here for the news, of course, not our diseased Thanksgiving stories. So we will oblige. <laughs> Lots to talk about in terms of news over the holiday, including far-right Irish hooligans, as the police are calling them, far-right McHooligans, terrorized (laughs) the streets of Dublin with rioting this week. And you would think, based on the scene, that a cop kneeled on a neck or something, but no, they're pissed off because some Algerian migrant stabbed some kids. And Irish politicians are looking to criminalize not just their property destruction, and yes, even some of their low-grade assaults on police officers. They're looking to punish their internet viewpoints, too. They're even going after MMA fighter Conor McGregor with a hate speech investigation. Yeah, they are. Speaking of kneeling on necks, allegedly, Derek Chauvin got shanked in prison. Apparently needed emergency treatment. Maybe. <clears throat> You you read up on this. How serious was it? Was he close to dying or something? His condition was categorized as severe. Okay. Which leads me to believe that he was pretty close to death. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they don't know who did it or they're not disclosing it. The they're guy got, he went to the hospital, I guess. The guy who attacked him also ended up hurting himself. Yeah. So I assume that he tried to defend himself. No surprise here though. This is, you know, I, I can't believe it took so long. Yeah. Why is he in gen pop? Uh, we all know why. It's so that people can stab him and then people can pretend to be sad about it. That's exactly why. The uh, question. The army is now trying to make nice with the soldiers that they kicked out over refusing to get the vaccine as their recruitment woes continue. Uh, Elon Musk actually does sue Media Matters, as discussed last (laughs) week. So we have to eat crow. We we were like, "There's no way." I didn't think he would, but he had a track record of not suing the ADL. In fairness, that's true. And we have a very detailed story of hoax hate. This one's an entire narrative, like a bedtime story. Mm -hmm. Plus, tonight's movie review is In the Mouth of Madness, so stick around. 
We'll catch up with your super chats in between topics 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good lowdown money grabbers. Of course, it will be all this and more on your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show for as little as a buck a month over on the website. That is Matt Christensen Media. Dot com Listener support is hugely appreciated, and it is what keeps the show operational. So if you enjoy the show, please consider supporting the show. We also have show merchandise for sale on the site as well. Plus, we have offers from friendly listener-owned businesses. This week's feature business is our friends over at Kineo Mountain Woodsmithing. These are high-quality, handmade, premium hardwood cutting boards, charcuterie boards, serving trays, and more, all constructed with the materials and craftsmanship to last a lifetime. And the best part about Kineo Mountain's work, it's all customizable, not just in the selection of materials and the shapes and the colors, but in custom engraving, too. Blake at Kineo Mountain made me a cutting board engraved with my very own YouTube channel logo, and it looks incredible. It is a -a one-of-a-kind, personalized addition to our kitchen that we use nearly every day, and it hasn't aged a bit. And don't forget, Kineo Mountain can handle any sort of woodworking from small table trays to big furniture projects. So if you're looking for a personalized gift for someone special or bigger items to customize your home, make it fine hardwood craftsmanship from Kineo Mountain Woodsmithing, the absolute highest quality woodworking that will last you forever. Check them out at KineoWood.com. That's K-I-N-E-O Wood.com. And of course, Listeners of this show get 10% off all Kineo Mountain Woodsmithing products and services using promo code MATT10 at checkout. That's promo code MATT10 for 10% off everything from Kineo Mountain Woodsmithing. Find everything you need from Kineo Mountain Woodsmithing plus other great offers from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses like Hero Soap Company, Western Razor Company, Sonoran Defense Technologies, and more. That's at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals, deals by listeners, for listeners, and lastly, of course, don't forget my personal pick for the new shampoo and conditioner from Hero Soap Company is now available. The Island is a tropical pineapple mango blend dubbed Shampoo and Conditioner by a listener more clever than me. You can pick up... Uh, <laughs> Either the uh, shampoo, glue, and conditioner, or any of Hero Soap's other excellent products, including uh, our signature soaps, Timberline Old West and Oat Plus Almond, with 10% off using promo code MCLISTENER. That's promo code MCLISTENER for 10% off with Hero Soap Company. Find all the details on that as well at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals. Uh, I, I mentioned um, this at the top of the show there, but I just want to make sure everyone's clear. Uh, one announcement it is officially baby time and your baby time is coming up soon too though uh my friend frank has graciously agreed to fill in if necessary again so i i trust that we'll be able to cover that uh when the time comes but and i plan on on doing the show unless my baby is born on a on a sunday then i will i'll probably (laughs) not do the sunday show but if the sunday show probably i'll have to talk it over with my wife and she'll probably say no Um, but, uh, if the show is not where you expect it to be in any of the upcoming weeks, just check out the website. I will at least post a notification on what's going on on the website, but if I'm mysteriously gone, it means my, uh, something is probably happening with the birth of my second son. So stand by. And I am 32 weeks. So honestly, I think this is going to be an early baby. So I'm thinking I'm probably five weeks out. Yeah. You're in your situation. What? most realistically probably like Christmas to New Year's at the earliest, I would think. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we have some weird convergence and both of them are born at about the same time. It's possible. 
Anyway, uh, no, uh, the, the story on your screen is not incorrect. I have to Jen Psaki circle back to one item because last week we discussed the congressional confrontation between Senator Mark Wayne Mullen of Oklahoma and Teamsters Union President Sean mm-hmm. O'Brien, in which Mullen tried to get O'Brien to make good on past challenges to fight. And they could have fought right there in the Capitol if Bernie Sanders hadn't stepped in and ruined it. Well, what I didn't mention during that story was this is not actually the first time that Mullen has almost had a public fight with somebody. Frankly, it is a (laughs) little bit embarrassing. So I had hoped just to get through the story without mentioning it. But not too long ago, Mark Wayne Mullen and I almost got into a fist fight ourselves until Bernie Sanders (laughs) ruined that one, too. Since the story is going to get out there, I figured I would just get out ahead of it. I'll get in front of it. And I will make it publicly known that, yes, I, too, almost fought Senator Mark Wayne Mullen of Oklahoma. (laughs) Sir, this is a time, this is a place. If you want to run your mouth, we can be two consenting adults. We can finish it here. That's like, yeah. You want to do it now? Like, you want to to meet in real life and fight? Stand your butt up, then. Let's meet in real life and fight. I am not going to be niggardly about funding for daycare. We are going to break the crisis in daycare. Okay. That's a real Bernie quote. That one's not even. It is. Yeah. It is, yeah. Uh, that mashup brought to you by Super Chat All-Star <coughs> Knuckle, Hunky, Buck. Nailed the pronunciation. Proud of myself. And uh, if you don't remember, you weren't watching the show at the time. No, that is not Blackface. That is Batface, <laughs> which I wore for Halloween 2022. <laughs> I was dressed as a, a bat from a Chinese cave. Okay. Moving into uh, the actual news. Uh, Not really. This is another fake story, but I just think it's funny. I'll pretend that it's real for the sake of presentation. Hey, we all know how embarrassing almost every appearance for the president is. Will he fall over? Will he sniff a kid? Will he forget where he is or where he's going? Well, he almost got through the annual pardoning of the turkey ceremony this week, but then it went sideways. He did pardon the turkey. He got that far. But listen closely to the turkey's gobble in response. I hereby pardon Liberty Ann Bell. Fuck Joe Biden! (laughs) He just can't catch a break. Poor guy. Poor guy. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I stole your line there. You're rubbing off on me. Um... And that was the only large bird posting a massive win for the country this week, or at least if the Twitter claim is correct. I can't confirm if this clip is real or if it's authentic as presented. The claim, though, on social media this week is that a bald eagle attacked illegal immigrants at the border. Here's a a brief sampling of the scene. I don't know if that's real, but I hope it is. <laughs> I, I stress uh, for the fact checkers, unconfirmed <laughs> when that video happened, uh, where it is, who those people are, but I'm still here for it. <laughs> I'm also here for what is a recurring bit now. I, I really need to make an official sounder or intro because this is becoming almost as frequent as hoax hate or any other you know thing we do on a regular basis. Uh, that would be chick cops trying to make arrests. And specifically, oh, this is so bad, so bad, fat chick cops <clears throat> trying to make arrests as diversity quotas accelerate. So, too, do the criminals easily running away from attempted female arrests or so, too, do the criminals uh, 
it has these chicks. Um, <clears throat> but I botched the line. God damn it. They, 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 <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the point is the criminals run away quickly. The, 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 it doesn't matter. The, the point is I the, quit. I quit. <laughs> what was I trying to say? Uh, I don't know, man. Okay. As diversity quotas accelerate, so too do the criminals easily running away from the attempted female arrests, or so too do the criminals at these chicks attacking them violently with ease. That's that's where I was going. They either run okay. away with ease or they run at them and kick their ass with ease. You I don't know it. why I tried to phrase it so stupidly. <laughs> but there's an absurd entry this week from Chicago. A 32-year-old man named Patrick Johnson Henry was confronted by count them four healthy at... En- Healthy at any weight female officers for <laughs> retail theft. They uh, attempt to arrest him over the course of nearly three minutes until he's had enough and just runs away. Oh, and there's no sound to this, so I had to dress it up with the uh, yakety sax bit, the Benny Hill theme. <laughs> one, one moment. I've had enough. I'm just leaving. He wasn't even fighting that hard. He wasn't like George floating out on fentanyl and getting some kind of like retard strength or something like that. He was just like, no. It looks like he was enjoying the female company for a minute before he decided to walk away. Wow. I bet criminals are um, super scared. You know, a long time ago, I read some study. It was after we were talking about the... um, the not gay Jared arm wrestling match with that chick Courtney. Uh, Courtney, yeah, the uh, we yeah. talk about all the time. She was, if you guys don't know, she you know Jared's like a little guy, and then she was this CrossFit chick. And so I was just curious. I was doing some research on like how much stronger men are. Men's upper bodies of men and women, same height, same weight, their upper bodies twice as strong. Yeah, probably untrained. You know, like an yes. untrained man against a highly trained woman. He smoked her in arm wrestling. I remember she was that. Like yeah. Super buff. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know what these chick cops expect. I mean, four on one. You think that even the four on one, they'd be able to do it, right? Well, by virtue of their body mass alone. <laughs> but no, they still lack the athleticism to apply that weight to get so it to crazy. hold them down. Yeah. Um, no injuries in the case, at least. Uh, <laughs> and at least he only had a fake gun. In addition to retail theft, Johnson Henry is now charged with possession of a replica firearm, four counts of resisting arrest, I assume one for each officer, and four counts of uh, walking away casually from arrest as well. They got him on that too. And I thought, how is possessing a replica firearm a crime? I can't possess a plastic gun? Well, I think it's a little more technical than that in Chicago. You got to have one of those orange caps on the end of the muzzle if it's a fake gun or it's a crime. Apparently he didn't have that. So that would be the issue. Okay. I've spent enough time on not real stories. So yes, I have to update uh, what's going on with the hostage and prisoner swap between Israel and Hamas, because we're now three days deep into a temporary ceasefire between the two. Israel is trading about 150 Palestinian prisoners for, uh, for the release of 50 Israeli hostages captured by Hamas in the October 7th attack. Excuse me. So far, 40 Israeli hostages have been released by uh, Hamas, 
13 on Friday, 13 on Saturday, 14 today, plus uh, some foreign nationals bringing Hamas's total uh, hostage release to 58. Israel has released 115, uh, 117 Palestinian prisoners, predominantly women and minors. One of the Hamas hostages released today was a four-year-old American girl, Abigail Edan, uh, or Edan, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, but little Abigail, uh, whose parents were murdered by Hamas attackers. Two more American women were supposed to be released today, though, uh, unclear if they've been released according to this reporting. Now, strategically, this looks like Hamas uh, buying time. There was a delay in starting this ceasefire this week. There was a delay yesterday amid a dispute about the pace or the amount of aid coming into Gaza during this temporary ceasefire. If you can buy a few days of ceasefire, you extend it a few hours or a few days more with certain delays. I'm I'm guessing that's likely Hamas. Uh, Hamas's only opportunity to make some strategic moves without a bombing campaign to worry about. So uh, the question is time to do what? Unclear exactly what they're looking to do strategically here, but it does seem apparent that Hamas is interested in in buying some time if they can. Uh, Israel has made clear this is not an uh, an ongoing ceasefire. It will be only a few days, and uh, Israel remains committed to their objective of eliminating Hamas entirely. So there is a brief break in the violence. That's great. Innocent people are getting returned home. That's great. But this is just a brief aside from the norm, which will be perpetual and infinite war in that part of the world, which um, uh, for which they will promptly send uh, mm-hmm. uh, send us uh, a uh, a bill <clears throat> to pay for the cost of all of these things very shortly. We'll get our invoice in the mail, I'm sure. But that is what's going on with the ceasefire for the time being. Uh Meanwhile, uh, these, uh, well, the recall the story back in March of uh, 22, where there were these four teens of color who carjacked that 73 year old grandma in New Orleans. Remember Let me guess, they all the got show? life in prison. You know, um, this does, you, you will be shocked to learn that three or four of them are getting lenient treatment, but it might not no. end that way for the fourth. And the fourth guy is the one who did the worst stuff. So I'm not totally convinced this will be complete injustice just yet, <clears throat> though perhaps it is trending that way. Did he grandma murder the hardest? Is that what you're saying? He, uh, he did. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there were three, there were four teens total involved. Uh, three were teenage females. One is a teenage male. And as we discussed at the time, they saw some 73 year old woman named, uh, Linda Fricky. This is in new Orleans. She was loading stuff into her car. They carjacked her. They were trying to steal her car. As she tries to stop them, somehow she gets caught in the wheel well of her car and the teenage male driving away Uh, does not seem to care about uh, her situation. In fact, he stops and kicks her out of the wheel. Well, and by this point, at this point, her arm is nearly entirely severed and her clothes are ripped off from being dragged down the road. So she's partially naked. He kicks her out of the car or kicks her to remove her connection from the car, leaves her to die in the street and drives off. That was the situation. Well, um, justice is finally being served. Unfortunately, it might be social justice, as you mentioned. But uh, there is a plea deal in play for the three teenage girls involved. Uh, Under this plea deal, three of these youths will plead guilty to attempted manslaughter. I'm not really sure. What does that even mean, though? 
Yeah, I'm not sure legally speaking what that means in this case because there was nothing attempted about it. I mean, they killed her. The, it, it does appear that the 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 male was more involved. He he was the one literally driving the car, and the girls were along for the ride, so to speak, literally and metaphorically. They didn't get out and kick the woman. They didn't drive the car. He was the run. He was the one running the operation. <clears throat> I just don't get what the uh, attempted language how, what that means legally here but that's why i'm not a lawyer so these three girls are going to get uh, 20 year prison sentences and will serve at least 15 years of those prison sentences again that's uh all, all three of the defendants getting that plea deal are the young women ages 16 and 17 years old the fourth defendant and again this is the kid driving the car uh, he's no longer a kid he's an 18 year old man his name is john honor or honor i'm not sure how to pronounce his name but uh i think he was a minor at the time if i recall correctly obviously if this is a year and a half ago basic math would would tell you that he was uh, not 18 at the time uh but in, in any case he's he's facing a more serious charge uh Originally, all four defendants had been charged as adults with second-degree murder in connection with Fricky's death. Now, I take that to mean that since he has no plea deal and he's going to trial, as the New York Post reports here, that he is still charged with second-degree murder. And if he's still charged with second-degree murder, he's going to be facing much more serious uh, potential penalty. So uh, perhaps there will be some justice in this case, at least as it pertains to the uh, teenage male, uh, John Honor, John Honor. Who, uh, who did the most murdery stuff in this particular case. Uh, over the holiday, there was also this confusion about what exactly happened at the New York border near, what was it, Niagara Falls or the, the U.S.-Canadian <clears throat> border um, in, in that part of upstate New York. Yes, this was Wednesday afternoon. So there was this breaking report release that this car raced towards the border, crossing this area between Rainbow Bridge. Uh, it's the U.S.-Canadian border. And then it just exploded. I think we have we have a clip and it killed two people. So the early reports were that it was uh, related to terrorism, but it later came out um, that this was not uh, a terrorist act. The FBI investigated it. Um, and then the Niagara Falls police took over the investigation after the FBI was like, this was not a terror related event. So it it seems like I mean, one of the one of the proposed theories is that they had an older Bentley and that it experienced this mechanical failure that caused it to accelerate um, because it was just two old people in the car. I mean, they were, they were, yeah, the, they were like, the, the two people who <clears throat> died are Kurt, uh, Kurt and Monica villainy. Yeah. Married couple. And um, um, they Daily were business Mail, owners. They were pretty standard folk. Yeah. yeah. Daily Mail is reporting that, that Kurt had complained about issues with his vehicle's acceleration just weeks before the accident. So, yeah. So Maybe he should knows. have uh, gone to the mechanic a little earlier, I guess. Although, you know, it's very tough to get people to work on your car these days, um, yeah, my really. sources say. So maybe that played a role. <laughs> but because of this video footage that we're about to watch, um, people were convinced there were explosives in the car. So that was what initial reporting came out. Yeah, I've got a clip of uh, the car actually getting launched into this border checkpoint and then what the explosion looked like uh, after the fact, too. So here's the car top of the screen flying by. We'll slow it down. Wait, why didn't it play? Let's what, try, that. try that again. What happened there? Yeah, I don't know what that happened there. The car, a car top of the screen flying by. And then slowed down a little bit. You can watch it 
I mean, Good it flies Lord. maybe a hundred feet in the air. It's hard to tell, but that's what the explosion looked like through some surveillance uh, footage at yeah. the actual border checkpoint or the border facility there. Car maintenance is important. I guess um, so. I mean, I don't know if my car ever accelerated w- without my control of it. I'm not driving that car again. I can't yeah, imagine right. just a little bit of that. Like, and I'll like, take well, it in later. <laughs> yeah. Even a hint of that. I'm, I'm not driving that car. That's too mm-hmm. sketchy. But, um, and well, I don't know <laughs> time for a great story, but, uh, the Oldsmobile I had in high school. Yes. I drove an Oldsmobile in high school. It was a pretty awesome car. And, um, toward the end of its life, it had, I don't know. I took it to several mechanics. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with it. Toward the end of its, it's life, old, old it was incapable of idling and it was an automatic transmission. But if, if it were to idle, it killed. So you, if you were going to idle it, like to stop at a, a, a stop sign or whatever. And by at that point, my brother and I were only driving it in town. It was too sketchy to drive anywhere at a high rate of speed. You had to put it in neutral and keep a little bit of gas on. <laughs> so it was almost in a way it was like driving a manual transmission sort of. But you yes. just couldn't let it idle. It had to maintain certain RPMs or it would just kill. Oh, no. So it was, it was really weird. Uh, but that car didn't accelerate on its own. That had kind of had the reverse problem where it killed, the problem, yeah. it killed spontaneously, which is also <laughs> dangerous. But it was still kind of predictable. You knew if it drops below a certain RPM, it's, it's going to kill. So anyway, yeah. maybe there's some mechanic in the audience who's like, you idiot. I know exactly how to fix that. <laughs> and I wish I did. You Talk to 17, 18 year old me and it would have been extremely <laughs> useful. It was a, um, the car was a, I think it was a 90, God, I forget which nineties model year it was, but it was an Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme. You know, huh. one of those boats that just has like the, the, the loosest suspension of all time. Yeah. 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 Anyway, great story. I know, uh, there's much more important story image. we should talk about. And that is what happened to Derek Chauvin in prison. And apparently he got shanked or yes. stabbed with a legitimate knife i don't know but he got stabbed i couldn't I, I it sounds like he got shanked but um he was stabbed with some knife-like object by another inmate um on friday at the at his prison in tucson which is a you know this is a low security prison i guess i didn't know much about the uh prison in which he's being held but um yeah i can't find the uh, name of the inmate but apparently the inmate is also uh in the hospital so it looks like there was some sort of altercation um, he's in stable condition now. He, he is expected to survive and prison employees performed life-saving measures on him before he was hospitalized. So they're claiming that this is due to the fact that FCI Tucson, as well as these other federal prisons have staffing shortages. So they're having, <coughs> excuse me, major security lapses. And <coughs> I don't know if this is true. I mean, I think that he probably has like a price on his head at this point. <coughs> Sorry. Um, but one year earlier, at this same facility, uh, somebody whipped out a gun and tried to shoot a visitor in the head. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. So they've so had some like, problems. Yeah. They have, they had a history of, um, of some of these issues. I'm going to mute. So I can yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. To your prior point, I think the only thing surprising about this is that it took so long. So, yeah. uh, it, we don't know the nature of his injury, like where he was stabbed or his, his, the prospect of his no. recovery or anything like that. No, poor okay. guy though. Geez, like right after he's been virtually exonerated, his appeals denied, and then he gets shanked. He's like, "Can I catch a break?" Uh no, there will definitely be no breaks for Derek Chauvin. That guy will. I mean, 
as far as getting railroaded by the system, there's there's probably few who have who have had it as hard as Derek Chauvin has. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And it's still not enough. Still not enough. We got to stab him in prison because his presence in prison for the, what will probably be the rest of his life is is just insufficient. Anyway, hey, uh, speaking of stabbings, some migrant got really stabby in Dublin and made white people so mad they're actually rioting. Yeah, really. That's how bad um, it was. So <clears throat> on Thursday in Dublin. Five people stabbed outside of a school, including three young children. I think they were ages five, five and three. Um, and an adult woman in serious condition. Um, so I guess this, what they're saying, what they're saying about the suspect, like first in, in the first five articles I read, it was like no commentary on who, who the suspect was. And then I'm like, oh, he's Algerian. And then I read that the Irish Times reported that the suspect is a naturalized Irish citizen who's lived here for 20 years. Like he's some Algerian migrant, you lying fucks. Whatever. Okay. So pedestrians started to flee on foot once the um once this Algerian guy started stabbing a bunch of kids. And then somebody got off their moped and started beating the shit out of him with his helmet. Um, and they were able to subdue him. Uh, it, he just like was standing used outside a helmet of school. to take a, this is like the narwhal tusk incident. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. These kids were just walking out of a school and then he started stabbing them. Um, so three of them, I think are still listed in, in serious condition. Um, but you know, like I understand why the Irish we'll talk about the riots in a second, but I understand and fully support all of this white riot. Uh, I will cock on on supporting crime, but <laughs> I have a counterpoint or at least a point of expansion. That is to say, when you aren't, when, when your very opinion is treated as criminal, I mean, what, what choice do you have other than criminal means? I guess what I'm saying is uh, morally square people would prefer to use words. I think that's a fair statement. Well, the, they've criminalized speech. So what's the plan here? When the government removes that from the table, what other tools are left? And I know I'm getting a little ahead of myself to say that they are certainly doing, as we'll get to, the Irish government is trying to treat the, the opinions, the speech itself as criminal or criminal adjacent. Mm -hmm. And when you remove the ability to speak about issues like this, you necessarily invite violence. That's It's a yeah. consequence of that decision. Doesn't mean that it's right. Just means that is the trajectory that you are creating. It is right. It is right and just to break the laws in this way when no other avenue um, it can be taken. I mean, I think I think that the Irish have taken every possible avenue before before violence. So you know, I, I support the Irish people to throw these GD migrants out of their naturalized Irish citizen. Been here for twenty years. My foot. Well, before we get into the specifics, I want to understand specifically where we land on the infamous levels of white anger ranked mm, yeah, okay. uh, hierarchy here. Now, the, I would say this has to be right there between two and one, as in right between newsflash pal and full on, you know, Reich march in the Fuhrer's honor. We're, we're, well, we're at 1.5. Would you disagree? The Irish aren't German. Ooh, what did I just do? Sorry. Uh, the, the Irish are not. Yeah. So I fixed it. Sorry. Uh, the Irish aren't German, so I don't know if they would organize in the same way as number one. You know, so it's possible that 
2023 Irish riots are step one, are, are, are level. Oh, this is as high as it lighting. goes. I, I mean, I would like to see them burning some more stuff down. Okay. But I think that it's possible. Defensively. Raja Mohan. Jesus. It is. That this is number this is number one. Yeah. Yes, we all know Foot Locker is the great enemy of everyone. Whether you're a white <laughs> Irish person who hates Ahmed or whether you are, uh, you know, a black guy who's mad about George Floyd. Uh, it's Foot Locker's yeah. fault. They have to be brought to justice and you do that with a lighter and a baton to break the glass. Everyone understands. Okay, well, uh, late Thursday night, riots broke out all across Dublin as Irish citizens took control of the city center in response to this stabbing incident. They looted stores. They assaulted police. They set fire to multiple vehicles on Dublin's O'Connell Bridge. Uh, The city's tram was set on fire by rioters, as well as a Holiday Inn Express Hotel, which allegedly houses migrants. I don't know if that's true, but that's why they targeted the hotel. Uh, Here are a few scenes from the evening. There were, yeah, I mean, they should stick to the police assaults and the burning down of places that housing that house migrants. This this looting thing is for black people. Like, I, I don't like to see that. <laughs> Ethnic but, um, is the term. Ethnic. Okay, white people do not loot. No, no looting. Wait, wait. Okay. <clears throat> is that so because of a moral principle, or is it because of uh, ethnic allegiances? It's because of ethnic elites. Oh, I just wanted yeah. to clarify. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. You know how I feel about theft. As here, here, um, I w- here I was thinking people had a right to their property and stuff. But uh, anyway. Well, I mean that blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah. All right. Uh, no there were reportedly about 500 people engaged in this rioting. 34 were arrested. Additional arrests are expected. Now, as far as the government's response, this is what I was mentioning <laughs> earlier. Um, Prime Minister Leo, he, his, his last name, uh, Varadkar, Again, one of those names I'm not going to pronounce correctly. So I'm just going to call him Prime Minister Leo. <laughs> Prime Minister Leo now says Ireland's capital has endured two attacks, one on innocent children and the other on our society and rule of law. He said, quote, these criminals did not do what they did because they love Ireland. They did not or they did not do what they did because they wanted to protect Irish people. They did not do it out of any sense of patriotism, however warped. This is him speaking with reporters on Friday morning. They did so because they're filled with hate. They love violence. They love chaos. And they love causing pain to others. Okay. Mm. The commissioner of the National Police Force in Ireland condemned what he called the disgraceful scenes in Dublin. He said that a, quote, hooligan faction driven by far-right ideology is behind the violence. The audio in this clip is terrible. Uh, but that yeah. is what he's saying here. I, I think there's disgraceful things in terms of youth uh, investigation, youth investigation, we've got a lot of this, um, we have a lunatic hooligan faction driven by far right uh, ideology and also this disruptive tendency there and engaged there in serious violence. 
Dude, they're going to January 6th this. They already are. I would assume. Yeah. Uh, thanks for holding a press conference next to the train tracks. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah I appreciate I'm, it. I'm sure the far right hooligans are responsible for that oversight error as well. Yeah. Now, as I mentioned, I will cuck on the principle that rioting and looting is bad and wrong, regardless of the cause behind it. Those and are I, different things, though. What? Oh, rioting, rioting and, and looting? looting? Well, I would say that destruction of property for uninvolved people, and maybe that's the distinction that you're drawing, um, but destruction of property for uninvolved people is wrong, regardless of whether your cause is righteous or correct or not. Um, you know, uh, j- just because you uh, you don't like Why am immigration. I nodding? I don't agree with you. Okay. <laughs> Well, I you agree like. with the point that just because you don't like immigration policy does not entitle you to a free pair of Jordans, whether you're white or black or whatever race you may be. Fine. Yeah. But that Holiday Express had to go. Well, um, I, I, I wouldn't agree with that insofar as uh, I don't think that we can just have mobs targeting private businesses that are otherwise in compliance with the law. Yeah, if you're, but, if you're housing a bunch of migrants, you're an enemy of the state and I hope your business gets burned to the ground. Do we know to the extent that that's true, by the way? You know, I, I would. I mean, from I, what I read on Twitter, so. <laughs> I would say it's wrong regardless, but I do want to be clear about uh, the degree to which that accusation is true. But um, the point that I'm, I'm getting at is given this response from politicians, I think it's fair to question what recourse those who oppose Irish immigration policies have. Because if you speak out against these policies, you are hateful and possibly a criminal. Anyway, case in point, the same prime minister, he said this week that Ireland needs to tighten its anti-hate laws to crack down on speech on social media. There are protests being organized uh, online at the moment. I think it's now very obvious to anyone who might have doubted it um, that our incitement hatred legislation is just not up to date. It's not up to date for the social media age. Uh, and we need that legislation through, and we need it through within a matter of weeks, um, because it's not just the platforms who have a responsibility here, and they do. Uh, there's also the individuals uh, who post messages and images online uh, that stir up hatred and violence, uh, and we need to be able to use laws to go after them individually as well. Whatever, yeah, it's people online talking about how you're bringing in hordes of migrants to destroy your beautiful white country that are the problem. What an asshole. Yeah, and it's it, treasonous. If, if you want well, if you want to pick a justified <clears throat> target, and when I say target, what I mean is uh, someone who is worthy of your scorn. I'm not calling for violence, Roger Mahan, but but that's the guy. It, it's the policymakers in government. You know, I I might have um I might have criticism and dislike of the Holiday Inn that is uh, taking some government contracts to house the people that the government says are in need of housing. That contract doesn't exist without the policy in the first place, you know? Totally. And so I'm not going to be, I have little to no sympathy for people like prime minister Leo here. Uh, So he, 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 what's he saying? If you go online and you start making migrant critical posts that are a little too edgy or a little too spicy for his liking, well, he wants laws that will allow him to crack down on you for that sort of thing. In other words, if you're already a criminal for your opinions, as it sounds like he would prefer policy to do, and your government is working to stop you from expressing them, what option do you have but to fight back against that agenda? Right. It is the government, at least according to this 
agenda that he's pursuing that's removing protest and politics from the options of conflict resolution here. And when you take away people's ability to speak, you don't get to complain when they start using other means. That's to be expected because you took away the morally square means. You said, actually, those are criminal too. So, yeah, I I have... (laughs) I always wonder, are these people genuinely that evil or or, or are they idiots? I mean, I don't know. I don't know Irish politics enough to tell you about this guy, but does he, for me to believe that he's just an idiot, I think I'd I'd have to, I would have to believe that he thinks government is actually capable of policing every single person's thoughts. If he doesn't think that, then he's he's an evil guy. Yeah. This is the same prime minister, by the way, who recently said not uh, that that Ireland is too white necessarily, but that the Irish government is too white. <clears throat> now, I'm not sure how recent this commentary is. Um, the exact context in which this fits, I'm not exactly sure either. The clip is circulating this week, though. Here is the prime minister saying it really is a shame that Ireland's government is so white because we really need black school principals so that the five black kids in Ireland can have something to admire or look up to. And one thing I strongly agree with the deputy on is the need to target, set a target to have a a number of people from ethnic minorities in areas of the public service. We have a health service that's very diverse, although less so as you go up towards the senior positions, uh, not so much in the Gardaí, not so much in the defence forces, not so much in the education sector, as the deputy mentioned, not at all in the civil service, which is very white, including the Department of Equality, for example, uh, and that actually needs to change. So we need to have, I think, a target for people who come from ethnic minority backgrounds, but also uh, dedicated recruitment campaigns to encourage people, because we do need uh, a generation of young people growing up in Ireland who are people of colour to see black and brown school principals, judges, Keen Corla perhaps in the future. Um, Who knows? Uh, Visibility uh, and opportunity is really important. Dude, that's it's so ridiculous. It's like your family had to leave pile of shit Bombay to come to Ireland so that you can destroy Ireland with hordes of migrants. Like what an absolute asshole. Morally bankrupt piece of shit. This is so treasonous. The, How did this uh, guy become PM? I don't know anything about his history or, you know, uh, Irish politics in general, as I said, so I, I couldn't tell you. But I do find it uh, hilarious when... You say things like, well, certain parts of the Irish government are very white. You know, you look it up. You know what's a very white country? Ireland. Ireland. 94%, my sources say. Are you serious? You're telling me that 6% of people have destroyed this country? I don't know. I, I the, My sources say that Ireland is 94. I don't know the consequences of, you know, the, the migrant consequences of Ireland or something like that. But uh, I do know that, the, that they, they have a... white or ethnically Irish majority. Wow. Now, so it it seems silly to say that in a country that is that white, we would expect to find anything other than government representation that is that white. To be fair to him, I think his answer or the answer I presume he would give would, would be, yeah, well, the country is also too white. We do have to import, you know, a horde of third worlders, which is why he wants to use the, force of government to shut actual Irish people up. But speaking of uh, shutting up the actual Irish, they're now going after probably the most famous one of them. I couldn't think of a 
more famous Irish person, except for maybe the Lucky Charms leprechaun or maybe Rudy. But then I remember that's just <laughs> the fighting Irish and not the real Irish. I don't know. Is uh, Conor McGregor the most famous Irish guy? At least, at least Sinead O'Connor. She's oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's dead, though. Yeah. So now it's Conor McGregor. Uh, of course, uh, famous MMA fighter. He said on Wednesday, or he tweeted, uh, Ireland, we are at war. And then he had a series of tweets about what's going on with this particular episode of, uh, of um, rioting in Dublin. Later on Friday, he explained in more detail, quote, I do not condone last night's riots. I do not condone any attacks on our first responders in the line of duty. I do not condone looting and the damaging of shops. Last night's scenes achieved nothing toward fixing the issues we face. I do understand frustrations, however, and I do understand a move must be made to ensure the change we need is ushered in and fast. I am in the process of arranging. Believe me, I am way more tactical and I have backing. There will be a change in Ireland. Mark my words. The change needed. In the last month, innocent children stabbed leaving school. Ashling Murphy murdered two Sligo men decapitated. This is not Ireland's future. If they do not act soon, their plan of action to ensure... If they do not act soon with their plan of action to ensure Ireland's safety, I will. So many are speculating he's potentially running for office based on some of the things he's saying. But maybe he won't be able to if he's in jail for hate speech or whatever the consequences will be for for what is now a hate speech investigation into Conor McGregor over the weekend. The Sunday Times reports that McGregor's posts are being addressed by the Irish police as part of an inquiry into the dissemination of online hate speech. The investigation is being led by Justin Kelly, the assistant commissioner of the National Police Force. And this is exactly what I'm talking about. He... He went out of his way. I know much to your chagrin. It's annoying to read a statement that is qualified yeah. with five pointless sentences ahead yeah, of time. Yeah. I don't support crime. I don't support crime. But you understand why he's doing it. It's to make the distinction that any law-abiding person would. Too bad the government doesn't make that distinction. doesn't matter if you burn down the Holiday Inn or you tweet. If you oppose their agenda, you are a criminal regardless. They'll find a way to make you one. Yep. So he's explicitly calling for peaceful resolution. He explicitly talks about working within the political system, but it's just because his opinions are wrong. He'll be treated as some sort of criminal or quasi criminal regardless. Maybe all that will come out of this is just some intimidation effort against him. I don't know enough about the Irish legal system to be able to tell you, oh yeah, they got a case on him and they're going to, they're going to lock him up or they're going to do this or that. I don't know. But if the conditions are hold this view or be a criminal, you mandate war. Okay. You don't get to complain when the war comes Yep. because you're the one who took words off the table without words. All we have are weapons. And uh, if you want to fight people, I wouldn't challenge Conor McGregor in that situation. I I definitely don't want to fight that guy. So give him a chance to talk would be a safer bet. Anyway, you have any other thoughts on the topic? I don't know. I said my piece. Hmm. Proud of the Irish though. I I'm, genuinely shocked by i think there when when was it it was it a couple sundays ago or maybe in one of the last wednesday streams we did someone had challenged us to come up with like a legit white people riot (laughs) and i really struggled and i I wasn't trying to be rhetorical like i'm racking my brain trying to think of the last time that happened i couldn't really come up with a great example so now 
you know, this will be the, uh, the reference point. When people need a great example of a white riot, it's Dublin, man. You guys have made history. Uh, all right. We should uh, take a break before the top of the hour, and then we'll get to the, um, the army trying to make nice <clears throat> with their unvaccinated soldiers sure. that they kicked out and some other stories. But uh, mm-hmm. let me head on over to Rumble here. Holden Mulray says, hi, Truth Seekers. Uh, why does time fly in a pandemic? Hold on, hold on. I can tell this is going to be a good one. Why does time fly in a pandemic? You're moving at the speed of science. That's true. Speaking of which, distance traveled equals rate or speed times time or D equals VT. Not to be confused <laughs> with DVT. Have you heard about DVT? I have. I've heard a lot. I've, Deep vein thrombosis. DVT. I've felt a lot about DVT. Let me tell you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was my biggest fear uh, this week because I had such a terrible cough too. It wasn't just like being bedridden. It was a cough that I couldn't stop. So not only do I have to cough up all this disgusting nonsense, but I'm checking it for blood. Because yeah. I I I got to know that I'm not bleeding internally. Because if I'm bleeding internally, that's bad news when you're on blood thinners. Thankfully, oh I was not. God. Yeah, it's funny that you bring that up because I have been coughing up blood today. Uh, <clears throat> you might want to get that checked out. I would think that's it's got to be. My bad. dad was worried I had pneumonia, so he just checked me, and he's like, "You're fine." I think it's just from the constant hacking. It's just disgusting. Mm. I'm just disgust. I've never been more disgusting in my life. I'm fat coughing up blood this is a disaster it's a rough time but there are brighter days ahead are there yes i don't know that you don't know that your second daughter's coming soon it will all be worthwhile yakko 1977 says in this internet age i can't help but notice black friday (laughs) is no longer as lethal of an event no one gets (laughs) trampled to death for a cheap tv anymore i guess the sales back then justified such enthusiasm it really i think a couple of factors have killed the black Friday spectacle. And I've never been um, like an in-person black Friday shopper myself. That's never been a thing I've I've been interested in, but obviously the internet and most big retailers putting their best deals online for you too. So why would you get up at 5 AM when you don't have to? Why? Yeah. And then I think the, um, the pandemic killed a lot of that too, because nobody wanted to be out for, for the last couple of years because that was frowned upon. So I don't know. Uh, Black Friday, I think, has been replaced with like uh, you get similar chaos in the in the like George Floyd, the post George yeah, Floyd style yeah, yeah. looting. That That's the new Black Friday. People die in those stuff gets taken in those. Truly uh, is Black Friday. Um, yeah. Yeah. The joke was there. Sure. <laughs> Uh, the hillbilly deluxe says Matt and I, uh, or sorry, Matt and I'm so conditioned to read Matt and I (laughs) Matt and blonde aren't alone. I went North to have a nice Thanksgiving dinner. I bought fresh and smoked kielbasa and thank you for this pronunciation guide. Kolachkis. I don't know what those are. Are those also sausages or something? And in return, I got the pink eye mostly recovered. Sorry to hear that. That's disgusting. <laughs> Skinhead O'Connor went muzzy in her later years. Plus, she just died last July on the 23rd. That's right. I forgot she became like an Islamic convert yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. So I guess she's not. She's out. She's out as. But I guess that doesn't make her less famous, though. My question is not like best Irish person. My question yeah. is most famous. All right. What about okay. Bono and you too? 
They're, aren't they Irish? People, people are going to hate me. Is he Irish? Yeah, he's Irish. I'm pretty sure he is. Everybody's yelling at their TV right now. <laughs> yes, you idiots. I wish I could do a good Irish accent to mock them, but I, I know I can't, so I won't try. Uh, Addicted to Drums says, thanks. No, thank you. Very much appreciated. Uh, we're good on Odyssey. We love you. You're very special. We're good on D Live. Let's catch up with uh, YouTube and Tippy. Sure. Um, let's see. Captain Norway, I love when the Fed, Fed, Fed sounder matches up with the show intro rhythm, even if you probably have to tweak it a little bit. I bet he has to tweak it a lot of it. Just a hair. It fed, actually Fed, 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 oh, really? Fed, Fed. It's it's just on the one Baba O'Reilly remix. And I don't know, it was maybe like half a year ago when I was putting together a show intro, and it just I grabbed it for whatever reason and I dropped it there and I was like, holy cow, this is almost almost perfect. A perfect alignment on the beat of the song. So I do have to add like three or four more feds to it. I kind of have to repeat it, but the way it hits with the beat of that song is perfect. So now almost every time I use that song, I have to do it because I love the way it sounds too. <laughs> so I'm glad you've noticed and appreciated. Thank you, sir. I bought PN. No, no. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Long time shot. Oh, I'm, I have to pee. <sighs> I am not going to be niggardly. The warnings just get shorter and shorter. Right. Should I do this I, now? I got, uh, yeah, I can, I can. Okay. It's Long Don John is uh, up next. Yes, I assume. Irish riot, Matt. You mean fiery, but mostly peaceful and mostly sober Irish winter of love. Now, see, that's the thing. I know the Irish uh, have a reputation for being rowdy when they've had plenty of their Guinness. Uh, I, uh, you tell me, Dubliners. Is that a scene that is uh, outside of the norm or is that a typical uh, Dublin weekend? It's just that this one happened on a Thursday. Anyway, thank you, Long Dong John. Injured Guardian says, because of Neil, I must edit repeatedly. The source of the I will eat your blank sounder from, uh, are you talking about the Alex Jones one? This one has made an online. I will eat your ass. That guy, you can't say his name because of Raja Mohan. That, that's new to me. That guy, Alex Jones, has made an online game. Search his name under or search his name and then the word game. It's short but refreshing. I, I uh, saw someone uh, message this to me this week. It's like Alex Jones, you know, seven, 1776 adventure. or I don't know what it's called, but it kind of looked like that. Um, I'll have to check it out. My video game time is none. But as I've said, I think um, our, our firstborn son, he's two years and change now. And he's just kind of getting to that age where he can actually handle some, some phone or tablet games for really little kids. Do you let your daughter play any kind of video game at all yet? Or are you not doing that? No, she, she has like a Montessori letter tracing app. I let her play hmm. on my iPhone. Yeah. We've done a little bit of that. Like the, <clears throat> the really young kid apps that are mostly just about like connecting things, like put the gas in the car and then the car goes vroom and it goes away. That kind of stuff. And he really seems to enjoy that in a way that I think has actually developed his thinking skills and his motor skills to be able to move stuff. So we don't do a ton of it, but we do some. And and I think maybe by this time next year, he'll be able to play video games with me. Anyway, the point is there's an Alex Jones video game. I probably shouldn't play that with what? my three-year-old son, but there is a, a game out. And I'm looking for excuses to get back into playing a little bit of video games. So that might be it. Huh, fine. Uh, Boogeyman917 says, I doubt it. I doubt it. Uh, Mint20 says, it's been fun watching certain individuals of a certain ethnic heritage in Ireland immediately pivot to call white Irish men the most dangerous demographics in Ireland. I know. And they wonder why. 
They wonder why there has been conflict in prior scenarios of similar tension. Sorry, Mint, you're going to get me in trouble, but you know, I'll do the best I can. Uh, thank you. Much appreciated. Tortu- uh, Tortuga. Sorry, I almost said Tortuguita. Tortuguita. And I've been corrected on my pronunciation of Tortuguita, but I like Tortuguita better. So maybe I'll just go back to Tortuguita. I don't think so, you can. Anyway, Tortuga. Matt rem- may remember my black lab got out and went on an adventure. We found him in a different neighborhood playing with a golden retriever. Turns <laughs> out he played nicely with he played so nicely with her that she's pregnant. Oh no. <laughs> Wait, there's, there's definitely a joke here, but uh I don't know if I want to dabble into that. Um Oh my god, bro. Does your does your black lab plan on sticking around for his puppies? Uh, no, I just <laughs> do all the best with your new lab retriever puppies. Uh, all, and I'm glad the situation was was resolved. I did hear about that earlier. You're right, and um, you know I, I'm, I'm glad your dog is fine. Seriously speaking, so uh, all the best to you and your family, man. Mint 20 says, and my gods, I wish Trump was even 10% as based on CNN as the rest of the media claims he is. Maybe then we could get somewhere in this country. Uh, you know, I under, I understand that inclination. However, what Trump said, you want spicy, even for Trump, his latest commentary about expelling the commie vermin from our country. Oh, you hear that stuff? I was like, "Mm, I I mean, that is kind of, that's, that's like slightly Hitlerian maybe. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm not a fan of commie vermin. And I certainly think there are plenty of such creatures in this country, but uh, you know, I mean, he, he's definitely said some shit lately. Um, so just hang on. Maybe he will fulfill the CNN prophecy. Uh, you want to take over a few here? I'm, I got Mr. Obvious next. Uh, sure. Um, while the army is just, is getting its, uh, just desserts. Yeah, that's the phrase. Although I've never understood that phrase either. But he spoke but, desert after going oh, so yeah, woke. Yeah. Sorry, but I'm not dying for you know who. Yeah, really. Um, everybody in the ads. We're back to being white now. Yeah, you notice that? Yeah. Son of the wolf. Matt and I once made love. Did you do this one? No. I won't go into detail, but we ended up with double pink and DVT. You want to do it, it now? I'd love to do it right now. <laughs> that's how it started. <laughs> we should circle that okay thank you guys for uh your wonderful chats as always we'll get back into the news um i'll have to just circle back with you starting with uh the army trying to make nice with the soldiers it kicked out over the vaccine as was just mentioned in the chat but shockingly the military in general not just the army but the military in general has had all sorts of recruitment trouble lately between marketing for uh for the rainbow mafia Of course, you got botched ops like the Afghanistan withdrawal, which we get our guys Mm -hmm. killed needlessly. Hey, do you want to sign up to get sent to Kabul and blown up for no reason, like a day before you were going to come home so the president can say he got it done by 9-11? No, thank you. I imagine many are saying to that. Of course, then there was forcing an experimental vaccine on everyone with little to no understanding of the (laughs) long-term consequences. So more and more, the exact sort of young men who we need to defend our country if things get really bad are saying no thank you to a military career. 
In fact, things are so bad that the army, as you mentioned, has started using white guys in its commercials again. That's that's how desperate they are. Just like the post yeah. office here in Bozeman, they're so desperate they're hiring white people again. That's how bad the staffing is. They're also so desperate that they're trying to make nice with all the guys that they kicked out for refusing to take the vaccine. At least the army is. The military in general has ditched the vaccine mandate, but the army is taking it a step further, trying to get those guys to come back. So about 10 days ago, an image of a letter started circulating on social media. This letter is from Brigadier General Hope Rampy of the Army, written to former service members to notify them of new Army guidance regarding the correction of military records of former members of the Army following rescission of the COVID-19 vaccination requirement. So this is a letter going to former soldiers who were involuntarily separated, as in they got kicked out from the army for refusal to receive the vaccine. And they may now request a correction of their military records from the army boards that oversee this stuff. So as far as I understand that piece, it will have to do with the terms of your separation and your discharge. And maybe this, you get this term and not that term. And that has consequences for what benefits you may be eligible for in X, Y, and Z. If, if I understand that correctly, but this is the part that I find to be just hilarious. Uh, guess what? In the latter paragraphs, you can now apply to return to service. Would you oh, like to come back? Cause that. we'd love to have you please contact your local recruiter right away. Yesterday, you were an unacceptably dangerous super spreader. Of course, today doesn't matter at all. So welcome back, soldier. We'd love to have you. The army separated with 1,903 soldiers who refused to take the vaccine. It was something like 10,000 personnel military wide, I believe. Uh, but uh, about just under 2,000 of them were army personnel. This letter in particular was, was sent to 1,900 of them. And this move isn't actually just by the Defense Department's own decision. The uh, the 2023 Defense Authorization Act, as in uh, the bill from Congress that funds the military, was, uh, that, that bill mandated that the Defense Secretary rescind the VAX mandate. So that's why it went away. But the Army is, is taking this additional step to try to recruit those soldiers back because that's how desperate the Army is in its recruiting now. The vaccine requirement has been suspended since the start of the year. Uh, guess how many, I wrote soldiers in here, but I don't think this is just army specific. Oh no, it is. It is. So in the army, guess how many soldiers have already returned who were previously discharged for refusing the vaccine? Mm, none. I have none of them returned. 19 appropriate for COVID-19, oh, okay. not yeah. 1900. You know, not 19,000. So, no, 19. Yikes. So uh, numbers are not looking good. I don't know of anybody who's going to jump on this new opportunity. And why would you? Yeah, After the army just you kicked it? you out unceremoniously because maybe you had a question or two about the medical wisdom of just taking this untested vaccine. Why would you want to go back to a place that would put <laughs> you in such a scenario again? And mm -hmm. to that point, maybe if someone admitted there was something wrong done here, maybe if, you know, someone right. in a position of army leadership or some of the joint chiefs or Lloyd Austin, who um, is the defense secretary, of course, if one of them came out and said, that was uh, a really big mistake by us. And we learned a lot of lessons that we will not repeat. 
because we compromised the integrity of our fighting force for no good reason, as we're now prepared to admit, considering we said you were risky yesterday, but you're not risky today. You can come right back. We know that was a bunch of bullshit, and we're really sorry that we screwed up your military career. So if you were willing to come back, you know, not only will you will we reinstate you for all the benefits for which you're eligible, maybe we'll even give you back pay. Maybe we'll even give you a bonus. And and we've learned our lessons to give you an assurance that we will not do this to you again. Maybe that would be something of a compelling message. But as uh, a former Green Beret is is explaining in response, that is not at all what they're saying. They're not taking accountability at all. Uh, John Frankman is a former Green Beret, as in an Army Special Forces soldier who voluntarily left the Army on July 1st due to his refusal to get the vax. He wrote an expose in the Floridian press over the summer explaining all the many ways the Army pressured him to get the shot. Responding to this letter, Frankman notes that the Defense Department and the Army aren't taking any accountability or responsibility whatsoever. There's no apology. There's no admission that they were wrong. Without such acknowledgement, how could any prospective soldier expect any differently? Exactly. Yeah. Next time, uh, here's what he had to say. They forced you to take an experimental shot. There's no accountability for that. There's no accountability for how this dumb decision making, <laughs> how forcing someone to take something that we knew caused heart issues in young men. Uh, where we didn't know the long-term consequences, common sense would tell you, hey, maybe we shouldn't jab the entire force of those who are expected to protect and defend the con- the country. No oh, accountability yeah. for that, just as there was no accountability for the Afghanistan withdrawal, for leaving equipment re- there. There's also no apology. Even when the Secretary of Defense rescinded the mandate, he was very proud saying that, the mandate was great. We've saved lives. I'm proud of how many people we've vaccinated. Congress is forcing my hand. I would rather not do it this way. So just so proud and arrogant. And even now, the military is not, they're not admitting they were wrong to enforce these policies. And these policies, obviously, they didn't matter. Congress just threw them out. And here we are. Oh, of yep. course he's right. Uh Shameless plug, my sources say John Frankman will be my, be my guest on the uh, Wednesday night stream to discuss this story in greater detail. Really? That is the Matt Christensen Hour, live at 9 Eastern <laughs> over on Tenant Media. Find it on my website and link through my Just can't help yourself, can YouTube yeah. channel page as well. Hope to see you there. No, I look forward to talking to him. Uh, this is a story I really care, care about for a lot, of, uh, a lot of reasons. And yeah, I think his point is exactly right. It's like... It, I mean, Mistakes are allowed. I the, the military is a human operation. I understand mistakes will be made, but man, to to slap these soldiers in the face in the way they did to kick them out of the military in the first place, but to come back, they backhanded them, and then this is just the forehand. Like they don't even, yeah. to have no apology. Why do you want them back? And by bringing them back, that's a tacit admission that it was pointless to boot them in the first place. In the first place, but they just can't even say it. They don't have the decency to tell you. Yeah, it was bullshit. That that was kind of was kind of our uh, mistake. Sorry about that. Uh, in other military related scandals, uh, this week a soldier about to leave the army claims he's been charged for equipment he was ordered to leave behind in Afghanistan. This soldier uh, goes by the name Brock, and he posted a video. Uh, the last name on his uniform reads Michael. So put two and two together, I guess. But the, the video was posted to his TikTok account uh, at the.michael.fam. But here's what he had to say 
Uh, the idea being that, hey, it's time for me to leave the army. And when I go to check out and get an accounting of all my equipment, they're telling me that a bunch of stuff that I left in Afghanistan at their orders is now my responsibility and I'm getting a bill for that. Today is gear turn-in day for me. It's for me. Turn in all the gear that I've collected over the last four years of being active duty with the Army, with the 82nd Airborne Division. Two years ago, my unit deployed to Afghanistan for the Afghanistan withdrawal. Go to turn in my gear. They want to charge me $500 to $1,000 for gear that I was ordered to leave in Afghanistan two years ago. Because as the last two birds were sitting on the tarmac, ready to leave... There wasn't any room for extra gear, or extra weight. Therefore, we were told to leave it. Some lower enlisted dudes, including myself, were like, no, this stuff is expensive. I'm not leaving this. I'm going to get charged for this when it comes time to leave. The government is so stinking backwards right now, man. This administration's last priority is the American people. I thought today was going to be bittersweet getting out but I'm just so happy to separate. I'm very, very excited to stop serving my government and just getting started serving my country. Oh, I wanted to believe, but I don't. So it's definitely some uh, gaps in the in the claim. I think mm. uh, I've got some of the tweets up. I don't know if you wanted to go through anything, but uh, I've got. Well, you know, so he's not referring to any um, any of the firearms or any of the the equipment that the Taliban would really want, right? Uh, it's, it's mostly stuff. So he said that, that, that his unit was deployed two years ago. It's mostly stuff that, um, the Taliban could get through conventional means. It's like his canteen and sleeping bag. It's like shit like that. Hmm. Um, that's why it took them so long to figure out that this stuff was missing. I think with, with firearm, uh, equipment that they do, they do daily checks. So this immediately would have been brought to the attention of his higher ups. Um, also he deleted this tweet and and then canceled the interview so i'm sure that some higher up information is going to come through and he had a gofundme so i'm i'm not saying that like none of our equipment ended up in the hands of the taliban but i don't think that our even our incompetent federal government would go about it like this yeah um there's a there's a long thread that i'll put in the uh i'll put in the show description you can read through it if you want all the details because people have been really investigating this claim now, to the point on deleting the the video that he had on TikTok and, and backing out of an interview with a reporter that he had, that is true. That happened. Yeah. If you want to believe him, you would say, well, that's because some one of his superiors said, no, you're not talking politics on TikTok while you're still not technically discharged from the army. And yeah, no, that's you're the other not, thing. What is he doing? He's not. He, this was before he was. Discharged. Yeah, he's not out yet. If my understanding <laughs> is correct. Right. And and canceling this interview, you might say, well, that's the same thing. That's a superior telling him you're not doing an interview either. Yeah. If you want to be critical or skeptical of him, you say, well, he's deleting this stuff and backing out of it because it's not true. And there are some gaps in the accounting here. Now, to your point, like, yeah, items like canteens, uh, trenching tools. I think a helmet was was part of the issue there. Like, I it. I don't granted the withdrawal was chaotic and nonsensical. So could I envision a situation in which people were told to leave items like this? Yeah, I, I definitely could. That said, it, it seems like items that an individual would carry on his person anyway, but 
someone looked at the accounting here and noted that, well, technically he has to turn in items that are marked uh, orange in my accounting here. He's saying that he owes $3,500 to the army. According to this accounting, he only owes $2,100. And then, like you said, there's an ask to go to his Venmo or to go to a GoFundMe and to send him money, or at least there was before stuff was deleted. I think the number one question for me, uh, and there, this account that was investigating the, uh, the claim too noted that he has spoken with sources that confirm there was an investigation uh, initiated and the soldier was found at fault for the loss. Now, the, the army can come up with bullshit answers to a lot of questions. So that doesn't mean he's automatically wrong. It just means that was the army's conclusion. But for me, the biggest question about this claim, because I certainly could believe that Biden or you know army leadership told people to leave equipment in Afghanistan and then later Biden would be or the Defense Department would be like, no way, we... You were responsible for that. You got to pay us back. I could see that happening. It's not that. It's the fact that if it was happening, there's no reason why it would happen to only this guy two years after the fact. It would have happened to many more over the course of two years, and people would be very, very pissed off about it. Super pissed. Yeah. So everybody would be talking about it. That's my number one piece of doubt on this claim is like, okay, you're the only guy two years after the fact. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Even for. Uh, an organization that is uh, notorious for its organizational failures at times. Mm-hmm. This, this yeah. just seems like a step too far, but I don't know if he, if he can come out and show receipts and explain himself, then I will certainly eat crow. And I will say that is yet another uh, episode of, of injustice and nonsense. And I don't know. I think he lost some gear over the two years that he was there and he was just trying to recoup it. If that's true, if he just lost some stuff, and he made up a bullshit story, not only to cover his ass and get him out of it, but potentially to enrich himself personally out of it. That's really shitty stuff. If that's what he did. But I, I'm, I'm not making that accusation because I don't know for sure. But I'm my eyebrow is raised about this particular claim for sure. Hey, uh, Elon Musk, as I said, he he made good on his. Can you believe it? His claim, his threats that he was going to sue Media Matters, as we discussed last week, uh, unlike his threat to sue the ADL, he's actually doing it this time with Media Matters, just like he said he would. He filed a lawsuit against Media Matters for their report claiming the uh, that ads were being served next to Nazi tweets, even though it sounds like Media Matters farmed those ad placements through their own manipulation, not through uh, just organically using Twitter. But um, as we speculated, part of the cause for action is defamation of Twitter (laughs) or X, as well as interference with Twitter's contracts with their advertisers and interference with prospective economic advantage. Musk's complaint says that Media Matters report exploited the platform to have ads appear this way, as in, hey, how did these Apple ads get on this obscure neo-Nazi tweet? He said some of their methods included excessive scrolling and and Media Matters uh, curating its feed with fringe content. Uh, The suit reads in part, quote, the overall effect on advertisers and users was to create a false misleading perception that these types of pairings were common, widespread and alarming. Twitter CEO Linda Yaccarino said on Monday, here's the truth. Not a single authentic user on X saw IBM's Comcast or Oracle's ads next to the content in Media Media Matters article. 
Only two users saw Apple's ad next to the content, at least one of which was Media Matters themselves. Data wins over manipulation or allegations. Don't be manipulated. Stand with X. Excuse me. So it sounds like as a matter of data, Musk and Twitter have a point. As a matter of law, it sounds like this case is is still going to be difficult to win. Part of what they'll have to show, at least as it relates to the defamation claim, is actual malice. Uh, As in Media Matters knew the statements were false, but said them anyway. Strictly speaking, it sounds like Twitter is saying the implications are false. Maybe not the, the, the statements themselves. Media Matters report, as far as I understand, and I haven't read it with an eagle's eye, but I've, I've looked through their claims. Um, they, didn't, they didn't claim explicitly that their findings were typical of other users' experiences, just that it happened. Right. Musk and Twitter are going to come back and say, well, you, you farmed that. You, you created that artificially, and nobody else on Twitter even saw it. I assume media matters is going to come back and say, yeah, we never said they did. We never said that this was representative of some broad experience on Twitter. We just saw a situation in which an Apple ad appeared next to a neo-Nazi tweet. And we said, well, look at that. We put it in a report. Mm -hmm. Uh, The, the, the truth of the specific statement in question will be a defense for media matters. In this case, you can't really get them by implication in that way, or at least it'll be very difficult as far as, yeah. You know, their, their free speech, their first amendment defense in this case. Yeah. Uh, what we said is true, at least in the explicit way that we said it. And if it's true, your case is done. We can't, we can't show the actual malice of making a false statement. We know to be false. If in fact, the statement is true and we can show you that we saw an Apple ad next to a neo-Nazi tweet, even if only mm-hmm. once yes. it sounds silly. And the whole case media matters case is because nobody actually saw this stuff. But as far as, Elon Musk going and getting them from a legal perspective. It sounds like he's got a, a steep hill to climb either way though. I'm all for it. And and yeah, I know media matters, free speech that matters too. Uh, I will remind everyone and myself, because of course I'm going to stand for free speech principles and a very high bar to clear as far as defamation law is considered. Um, that's fine. Media matters. Isn't here to express their own speech. Uh, they aren't in it for the speech. They don't exist just to express their opinions counter to their opponents. They, uh, they don't exist to convince you. That's not why they're here. They exist for economic and financial warfare. They exist to put their opponents out of business, which is what they're trying to do to Elon Musk and X. They're not satisfied with winning the argument against you mm-hmm. by popular vote or, you know, having the most fans or whatever. Um, they are satisfied only when your business is destroyed. So, I don't have any tears for any effort to destroy theirs. They're the ones who fired the first shots in this particular piece of the war. And so they get whatever is coming to them. I don't, I don't expect Elon Musk to be successful insofar as he gets some big court judgment out of them or something like that. But that's not why he's doing this. Of course, maybe you can tie them up just like they want to tie people up with all sorts of obstacles and burdens. Maybe he can tie them up with some big court burden. I don't know. I mean, uh, these people understand no reason beyond their own aggression in this way. So go get them, man. Mm -hmm. These are their terms. They they picked this fight. Go finish the fight or at least fight them on the terms that they insist uh, upon. So good for him. I'm surprised that he actually did it, 
even if uh, he's not successful in any judgments. Me sense. too. Yeah, I thought he was just a uh, slinging. What's the phrase I'm looking for? Beef. Arrows. Oh. Beef. I don't. Know. <laughs> I don't know. Man, we've got some good host hates. All right. Well, I will get right to it because this one, this is a detailed story, man. <laughs> Now, the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? In Upper Darby, Pennsylvania, this is west of Philadelphia, a journalist named Victor Fiorio claims he overheard a hateful conversation between two employees at a Wawa store. Some sort of convenience store chain. I gather it's like Town Pump, but greatly inferior, my sources ah. say. I don't know about Bucky's. Everyone tells me Bucky's is great, but it's no Town Pump, I'm confident. Anyway, a Wawa is something like that. While getting coffee, Fiorio says he heard one employee complain to another at that Wawa management had instructed employees to refer to, quote, Christmas cookies as, quote, holiday cookies. And here is the journalist's word-for-word telling of a story that for sure happened, a conversation that for sure happened (laughs) exactly the way he describes. Because after all, he is a professional at this. Quote, My first thought was, wasn't this a thing like 20 years ago? But then the employee elaborated. There's only one Christmas, so why aren't we allowed to celebrate it? The worker asked rhetorically. Tell me about it, the co-worker replied. Those Jews already have too many holidays. The original Wawa worker continued before listing three of them. Now, i that's how I know it's bullshit. The average worker cannot list three Jewish holidays. Absolutely no chance. There's no way. You got Hanukkah and that's it. There's nothing after that. But yes, he knows them all. He just listed them all off. Okay, so... Uh, no, that... I forgot the best part. Those Jews already have too many holidays. The original Wawa worker continued before listing three of them, mispronouncing them all. Well, thank you. (laughs) God, I can't believe he didn't say Hanukkah instead of Hanukkah. (laughs) Thank you, Mr. Journalist. And yet we Christians can't even have one holiday to ourselves, but the Jews get what they want always. At first, I thought the coworker was just sort of playing along with various acknowledgments and interjections, right? Uh-huh. But then the coworker played a card of their own. But when the minorities complain, they always get what they want, the coworker pontificated. And we are left with nothing. It was at this point that I walked toward the two employees, lidded coffee cup in my hand. I'm not sure why I did that exactly. It was all happening so fast. So wait, you, it was at this point that I walked toward the, you were hearing this from a far away distance in such striking detail, but then you moved toward them. Got it. The thought of speaking up and speaking out certainly went through my head. And then the Wawa worker complaining about the so-called Christmas wars and Jewish people took it one step further, but we can't let them get what they want. The Wawa employee said, we have to crush them and we have to beat them down. The journalist then notes that these employees had name tags on, though he doesn't note the names on the tags. I noticed that. 
And he says he did not intervene, but he's unsure if he regrets that or not. So instead, he did what any hero does. He put on his cape and he posted on Facebook in the Upper Darby Facebook group tagging the Wawa store in question. And since Wawa has absolutely no self-respect or apparently more pressing business matters to tend to, the CEO of the company, Chris Gazins, it's the only person I've ever seen with, you know, you spell gay <laughs> G-H-U-Y when you're trying to avoid the Rajamuhans who ban you from saying gay. This yeah, guy's right. name is spelled like that. Gazins. G-A-Y-S-E-N-S. It's like, it's, you know, he's got the S-E-N like my name, but it was weird. Chris Gazins immediately sent this, this journalist an email, quote, this is disgusting behavior and it will be swiftly dealt with. I am so sorry that this occurred and apologize profusely, unacceptable in every way and not representative of anything we at Wawa believe. Mind you, the accusation as told is not that they called this journalist uh, an anti-Jewish slur or something like that. It's just that yeah. he heard a conversation in which they said, man, I don't like it that Jews have their way with holidays. That's the nature of the allegation. Why would this, why would this guy be owed an apology? It had nothing to do yeah. with him personally, yeah. even as told. Anyway, the CEO said there's an active and comprehensive investigation that's already begun at this store. As part of that, would you be open to being contacted so we can learn any further information you may have? That will ensure that we have 100% of the facts of the situation, as well as a broader view of the culture in this location. That was the wrong answer from the CEO. The correct answer is, hey, you little sniveling weasel, provide any evidence for your claim by tomorrow right. or I'm serving you or with a defamation bent. lawsuit. Yeah, get bent, fuck off and die. Yep. That's the uh, correct answer. Now, this journalist also, to complete his piece, he reached out to an overweight woman of color, diversity, equity, and inclusion <laughs> expert. Of course, that's necessary. She has absolutely nothing to do with the story at all. She wasn't there. She didn't hear it. Probably never been to this store in her life. But she did what any expert would do. She blamed Trump for this event. <laughs> that, and all the other things that totally happened, just like it. She said, uh, quote, in the story, we have a former president who is calling folks vermin. And that is terrifying. Openly using horrific language like that. Language that preceded, well, genocide. It's all in the open. All this anti-Semitism and hate. I don't know, though. Um yeah. Trying to uh, destroy businesses based on nothing but your own ideological preferences and providing no actual evidence is pretty vermin-like, I got to say. Like, if it anyone... truly is. <laughs> yes. It's pretty vermin-y, Mr. Fiorio. <laughs> so, you know, when Trump talks about vermin, he probably is talking about guys like this. So maybe fair point from the uh, overweight DEI expert of color. Now, maybe you say, well, uh, it's not. he doesn't have... It's not fair to say he has no evidence. His witness testimony is, in fact, evidence. Well, I will say that this piece of testimony is itself not credible based on the fact that nobody talks like that. You've never heard a conversation. Never. Even people Have you who, ever heard a conversation like that before in your life? Even people who believe something close to those ideas do not talk about it in that way. This is such a preposterous, ridiculous. Not to mention, if they do believe those things... They don't say it on the sales floor at their job. Like, hey, fellow worker, don't you have hateful views you'd like to discuss? Totally. That's yeah. that's the sort of thing you might overhear in like a break room. 
or, you know, like, or after work when they're clocking out, like, bro, did you hear about yeah. this? This is not a, this is not a shelf stocking conversation. Never happened. So I doubt it on that basis, but I also doubt it on the basis that this witness has a habit of smearing businesses all around, uh, all around town in Upper Darby. There it is. Evidence-free allegations. Uh, he did it to a barber shop. In fact, I'm not sure the exact date on this one, but it's recent. This same guy, Victor Fiorio, posted on Facebook about a place called uh, Mario's Barbershop. If you want to get a haircut by a racist, xenophobic barber, look no further than Mario's on Eagle Road in Havertown. I went there for the first time today to get cleaned up a bit. As soon as I sat down in the chair, the barber started talking about immigration over the Mexico border. Now, I have a wide swath of friends and family, some of whom have very different opinions uh, than me on issues such as immigration. But this was something else. Quote, the barber, you know what I would do? I would buy 80,000 crocodiles and alligators and throw them in the swamp. They have to cross to get into the country. That would solve the problem. Kill them all. ha He cackled. Maybe not that <laughs> I can, I'm sure he was dead serious about 80,000 crocodiles, Victor. Yes. I'm sure that was not a figure of speech in any way. Because everything said at a barbershop is 100% serious and not just friendly banter. My God. But it didn't get any better from there. He started talking about his neighborhood in Southwest Philly. He said his street was nice, but that two blocks away was a much different story. The coloreds. Yes, he said coloreds. Come on. <laughs> Mario. Yeah. Spicy Mario. They don't take care of their houses. The coloreds, says Mario. And all they want to do is riot because some cop sat on the guy's neck. You know what I call the coloreds? I call them the plague. You know why? Because they are the black death. And that is what I'd give them. Death, said Mario, the barber. Like, more like an evil, evil villain. He didn't say any of this under his breath. He said it without even knowing me. I am disgusted. Are you? I don't know. It sounds like a cool place to get a haircut. I would check out yeah, more. Yeah, for real. <laughs> me too. I'm in. Yeah. Uh, entertaining, at least. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm just there <laughs> for the spectacle, man. Uh, it sounds like an interesting place to eavesdrop. My sources say the barbershop owner denies this allegation, says he had some kind of personal dispute with this journalist, Victor Fiorio, and this is how Victor Fiorio went after him, you know, for whatever uh, disagreement they had. So, I, for, not that I'm shocked to see a journalist do this, but this was published in Philly Mag. Now, I don't know how prestigious of a publication that is or not, but come on, man. Like, could no. anybody possibly read this story? And it's like fan fiction. That's what it reads like. There's an editor out there who bought this as told. I mean, even the story itself is preposterous, but just the way, even outside of that, the writing is such shit. It yeah. starts this way. Yeah, yeah. My Thursday began much better than any other Thursday begins. Who the hell tells a Thanksgiving story? Says the guy who started his show that way. But trust me, this is worse. Dropped the kids off at school, checked in on the news of the day, ate some breakfast, but I was out of milk and I just can't drink coffee without milk. <laughs> so off to Wawa I went. No, not to buy milk. That would have been sensible. 
to get a coffee from the Wawa coffee bar and add Wawa milk to it because, you know, that's just me. I'm a coffee addict. What can I say? Great. Get to the story. Oh, wait. The story sucks ass. I, I just, I'm from a writing perspective, regardless of the opinion here, I cannot believe that some editor signed on to this in Philly Mag. Well, I mean, uh, people want to believe, so it doesn't really have to be very believable now, does it? And, and I assume if there are people out there reading like, yes, that sounds like a very relatable conversation. I've heard many times in my experience shopping at convenience stores. Who are you? If you believe this, what world do you live in? This is the way they characterize places like we live, places like Montana or Idaho. Like we're all a bunch of backward, hateful hicks. And we laugh about it because we know nobody talks like that in the way that they're characterizing. It's so silly. Here they are saying, no, no, this is actually common in our neck of the woods. Urban Philadelphia, or at least southwestern suburbs. You're the ones telling me that this is normal where you Mm -hmm. live. So you get to own that. That's not my problem out here in the sticks, despite how you characterize us. If that's normal to you, you, your place where you live sucks really hard. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) What fucking... This guy, it's just such a... Of all the loser journalists, that has to be the biggest know, I've right? ever. It's just unbelievable. I'm I'm just baffled by it. What a masterclass in cringe, man. Oh yeah. Okay, you have anything else to say about Victor? No, I'm really excited for this next story. Uh, I yeah, I love this story, and I don't think this one is fake at all. Uh, I just think no, it's hilarious. I, I think it's real. Yeah, I think it's hilarious that we're supposed to believe it's some kind of white supremacist who did it. New York Post reports vile anti-Semitic messages praising Hitler calling to gas the Jews found (laughs) scrawled in a New York City train. Now, how very troubling. But you notice the Sharpie graffiti they didn't emphasize in the headline on the right. Adolf, you was right (laughs) with what I I guess. Maybe that's a broken swastika or is that a very ornate Z? It's a terrible swat. The worst swastika I've ever seen. Adolf, you was right. Now, what sort of Reichsman could have done this? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what? It's just hilarious. Personally, of all the, the threats, the idea that this is threatening in the context of the New York City subway, too. Like, if I was riding the New York City subway, um, <laughs> my concerns would be not sitting in bum shit, not yes. having a crazy drugged out bum uh, try to attack me and then I have to decide like Daniel Penny, am I going to deal with this threat myself and go to jail or am I going to allow this man to kill me? Uh, I will definitely take exposure <laughs> to the note on the seat. Adolf, you was right. I'll take that hate speech of all the possible threats that the yeah. subway could present Agreed. to me. Good for the, this guy. The Metro Transit Authority is investigating. So far, no leads other than the Ebonics. Nobody wants to acknowledge in this case. Metro Transit Authority reached out to the activist organization that originally posted the photo. It's the Stop Anti-Semitism account on Twitter and asked for the train car number where this graffiti was found so they could get an investigation going. Shockingly, they received no response. But the Transit Authority is telling its employees to remain vigilant and be on the lookout for these defaced seats. (laughs) I have a feeling if you got on the New York City subway, any concern trepidations you may have 
this would bring a smile to your face. You would say that seat yeah. is mine 100%. Adolf, you was right. Now, the, the handwriting looks fairly feminine to me as well. I don't think yeah. that's a dude. I don't know. It's hard to tell sometimes. I think it's probably a dude. And they didn't explain the, uh, how, like, were these seats right next to each other? Were they on different part of the train car? I don't know. Gas the Jews. Is, is, we don't know where that one was. But Adolf, you was right. All right. Uh, lastly, I have an update from from last week's story in which an Ohio Palestinian man got uh, in a fight with his brother and got his ass kicked. So we made up a story about how some hateful person ran him down with a car saying death to all Palestinians or some sort of similar nonsense. Now recall CARE, the Council on American Islamic Relations, promoted that story. And when the truth came out through video evidence, they acted like they had no part in it and referred all inquiries to police investigators. Well, now CARE has a little bit more to say. Could this be an apology for promoting a hoax, a correction of the record? Uh, you know, maybe a recognition that by not vetting these stories, they risk uh, increasing hostilities. No, instead, they're going with the um, the tired, the spirit of it is true sort of defense, something close to that. In response to a request for comment from the National Review, CARES National Communications Director Ibrahim Hooper said, quote, if false statements were made about this incident, that is unacceptable and should be addressed by law enforcement accordingly. In the meantime, we strongly condemn those anti-Muslim extremists who are already flooding social media with hateful messages that dismiss or even justify the very real rise in threats against American Muslims and others who support Palestinian human rights. Translation, we don't care if we lie. We only care about achieving our agenda and lies pursuant to that agenda are fine. The ends justify the means, but it's always hilarious when the deflector accuses others of deflecting. Uh, it's not very hard. Sure. Unprovoked attacks against anybody are bad. Lies are also bad. Can you agree with that statement care? I'm not sure that they can, but, uh, anyway, so, and, and even the logic of their own, their own statement there, like, yeah, well, this is just, this is, this is giving, uh, credibility to people who automatically dismiss claims like this as, as false or untrue. Right. Because you run with them so fast, my initial assumption whenever I see this is that it's fake and made up and a lie. So maybe you could stop running with it so fast and I wouldn't have that assumption. But then you point yep. to supposed statistics about a rise in hate crimes. We all know what those are. Those are a rise in hate crime reports as this one was. Exactly. They are not a rise in uh, cases adjudicated in a court of law, convictions secured for hate crimes. That's not what we're measuring when we say a rise in hate crimes. It means a bunch of idiots run to care and get a bunch of press releases like this guy. And care doesn't have the integrity to do a moment of research or a moment of critical thought on the story. And they run with it. And suddenly that becomes the very statistic that they use to defend themselves later. Well, don't you know there's a rise in these sorts of things? Yeah, because you manufacture the rise. Exactly. Yep. Anyway. That's that's all on the hoax hate, unless you have more to say about that. This is how it goes. This this bit's never going to end. No, thank God. Because, yeah, I'll have to think of something new, something. like yep. uh, fat chick arrest attempt of the week, and that's just <laughs> it's not as catchy. Got a good alliteration thing going on here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> time for the movie review. In a world. 
of movie references flying over his head, one man will finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show Movie Review. This week's movie is the 1995 John Carpenter thriller In the Mouth of Madness, in which Dr. Alan Grant from Jurassic Park gets hired to find a missing Stephen King-like horror novel author and discovers he is actually just a character in the writer's twisted story as the world goes crazy around him. From movie picker Alex M., one of my favorite horror movies because I think it's one of the few to do cosmic horror properly, and it does so without relying on giant monsters or space. An all-around great movie, and one of my favorites by John Carpenter, who is one of my favorite directors. Now, the uh, the AI art here. My caption for this was, if Blonde and Jack Nicholson from The Shining had a baby. Oh, God, this <laughs> is awful. That's who that is. <laughs> and I'm once again trying with digital blackface to get some kind of hit, <laughs> hit piece or something. Now, I was told due to software issues with copyright that the video face swaps had to end. Well, apparently not. They're back. They're maybe even here to stay. Here is this week's entry. I have a feeling that's exactly what I'm going to look like as an old man. That's not the author, the guy outside the church saying, Johnny boy, (coughs) if I make it to, uh, to, you know, old man age, I don't die in the gay war. But, uh, as always your review and your rating. Oh, excuse me. If you can get through it. Um, so John Carpenter has this way of doing horror with the campy effect that makes it a lot more palatable, like a lot more fun. I don't know if I would call this like a fun movie. I mean, it wasn't his best film. It wasn't The Thing or They Live, but it was a lot scarier, I thought. Mm. Um, I love the documentation into his descent into madness, our descent into madness. I don't even know. Um, and I liked how there that he kind of interspersed these cliche horror things with like some really upsetting imagery that I think is probably going to stick with me for a little while. And it was properly, properly scary at parts. Um, and just enough comedy that um, it didn't get too heavy. So I don't know. I, I bet you hated this, but I, I liked it. I gave it a four to five. I thought it was, I thought it was good. Why it. do you think I hated it? I don't know. I'm, I'm never right about these things, but I was watching it and I was like, I was going to think this is lame and gay. Probably. Did you like it? I mean, it is kind of lame and gay, but uh, I am also lame and gay. So, <laughs> you know, it's lame and gay in a way that I identify with and a way that I appreciate. You liked it. All I right. did like it. Yeah. I don't think this is like, you know, the top tier movie material, but I, I overall enjoyed it quite a lot. And uh, some things I liked about it. Now, anytime a movie is sort of unique, one of a kind, not a retelling of a story we've already heard dressed up in some other costume or some other era. I really appreciate that. And yeah. maybe you can tell me if this movie is similar to any other to you. It might be in like its effects <clears throat> or like its style. But I mean, in terms of the story, I can't remember a movie that had a similar concept where a character 
goes through this process of becoming self-aware to realize that he is actually under someone else's control, that person being the author of the story. That's a right. new concept to me that I can't remember hearing in any other movie or story that I've read or anything. Have you heard anything like it? Mm-mm. So I, I have to give credit for that. I wouldn't say that makes this movie automatically good or automatically enjoyable, but anytime I, I see something that I think, wow, that's like, that is a unique story I've not heard before. I got to give credit for that. Yeah. This is the fourth John Carpenter movie that we've reviewed. There was, they live uh, big trouble in little China, the thing. And by now it's pretty clear. You have to love uh comically slimy, visually absurd monster cheese. Uh, that is the ingredient <laughs> that yeah. binds all these things together. If you don't like that, you're probably not going to like the movie or John Carpenter. But but I did think that Mouth of Madness went a little bit beyond just like, wow, look how silly that monster looks. Not that the other movies were limited to just that, but there were some moments that got me laughing. And to your point, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be scared or laugh, but I'm entertained either way. So I'll give credit. Um, the the out of nowhere fuck you lady when she just walks, <laughs> I I cracked up because it was so unexpected but also because why is this monster lady passing on the easy chance to stick that ax straight in his head? She could have just yeah. axed him from behind. Instead, she just goes, fuck you, and walks away. <laughs> it made yeah. no sense. And it's the sort of thing I should probably criticize because it is nonsensical. It doesn't really fit. But it, it I thought it was hilarious. Um, the undead cyclist bit. Now, maybe you found that scary. I don't know. I think my wife might have been creeped out by that a little bit. It was creepy, yeah. The idea of a cyclist that even cars can't kill is inherently terrifying, of course. But <laughs> it was just that 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 old man face. It was it was another one of those unique things I won't forget. I thought the double dream jump scare, even if it wasn't that scary. All right, like I mean, I'm into it because it's funny. He's on the couch, and the weird looking melty face cop man scares again. That was funny. And then when Styles, uh, Linda Styles, his kind of uh, the the woman going along with him on this quest. Uh, who works for the public, the publishing company when she does those weird body contortions and like turns herself yeah. backward. I thought that was pretty cool too. Um, each one of those really earned an out loud kind of laughter reaction from me. And again, I don't know if I'm supposed to be scared or if I'm supposed to laugh, but if I'm enjoying it to that degree, that's a plus. Did you catch, um, there was a, a weird moment in the scripting at the start when he, when Sam Neill's character, Trent is in the uh, psych facility and he's explaining what's going on with him. And he has this whole line about um, you're waiting to hear about my them, aren't you? You're what? My them. Every paranoid schizophrenic has one, a them, a they, an it. I thought that was, I was like, I mean, I know they're not talking about trannies, but even accidentally, yeah. that's kind of prophetic. Like this man going insane in a padded cell right. is talking about they and them. And it was just weird. I didn't. I didn't actually know what the I scripting... I guess I didn't make that relationship, yeah. Do you, I couldn't understand what the scripting meant, though. I know they're not talking about trannies, but what are they talking about? I didn't understand. He's talking about um, the the voices that he would speak would speak to as a paranoid schizophrenic. Okay. Right? Uh, then, and, and I know I'm kind of scraping the barrel to find like some deep philosophical value in this. Cause I don't think that's the movie's intent. Not that I'm faulting it necessarily for, for, for not being that. Although no, I actually am. Cause that was one point of criticism I had. So yes, I am faulting it for not being philosophical, <laughs> but 
I actually felt like there were some big themes that that captured my thought after the fact. Because fundamentally, as silly as this movie is, it is a movie about free will versus determinism. Do you craft your own path or is your path predetermined mm-hmm. by some other force? And what's what's scary about that in this context, it, it's not just your own free will being an illusion. It's who has control. And what makes it scary here is the idea that it's just another human being in control right. because human beings are flawed. They're fallible. They're, they're even evil. And so you know, I'm a big believer in free will. I think that free will is necessary for any moral framework to exist. If there is some sort of determinism in this world, you know, maybe like to the extent that I believe that every human life has value and purpose, maybe, Maybe there's some inherent trajectory to your purpose, something predetermined like that. Point is, uh, if there is any sort of predetermined trajectory to your life, it's scary when it's by human design and not by God's design. That's what makes this terrifying. And I thought it was also pretty telling. And I don't know, like um, I interpreted Trent's uh, crucifix enthusiasm to be sincere. I didn't interpret that as mockery of Christians at all. Did you, do you disagree? I with didn't, that? I didn't. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I was fine with that. So to me, I mean, that was, this was a man wrestling with the idea that a, a fellow man had control over his life. And the only way to process that was to reject it and say, no, no, it is, it is God and God alone that has anything to do with that sort of trajectory. I thought there was kind of a profound point there. It's like, if there, if every man does need a ruler and every man is going to have to follow someone and it is a choice between following man or following God, choose God every single time and don't wait until the horrors of the world scare you into right. it. Yeah. Choose God when the times are good. I don't know that Carpenter meant that. Maybe it's me reading into it too much, but there was some depth there that I, I really appreciated. So... Yeah, um, those those are all the things I'm I, so I, surprised. I loved about this movie. The things that I didn't like, these aren't even criticisms I hold per se, but just, you know, I can imagine somebody not liking it for these reasons. As I said, you gotta like the cheese and the cheese cuts against the scare. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I actually, was this scarier than the John Carpenter average? Maybe, but at no point watching this movie am I like on the edge of my seat and with a nervous tension. Like I'm laughing yes. the whole time. Yeah. And I gather that's, I know that's what he's trying to achieve. I just kind of dispute like the, the horror classification a little bit. It's, it's like scary themes achieved through comedy. It's weird. I, I like Carpenter's style, but if you're going in expecting like an, a, a tense movie and a scary movie, it might not be that. It's not. Yeah. You have to go with low expectations. I think that despite everything I said there about maybe some philosophical depth, I don't, I don't think the intent is to be that deep. I think this is more a popcorn movie than some psychological thriller. So, you know, if you're going in looking for like these deep, deep, big concepts, you might be disappointed though. I don't think I was, but the only thing that, that the only sincere criticism that I have, excuse me, hold on. (laughs) Oh no. This is going to be. Ooh, ooh. They can't hear butter. Yeah. It's like, it's practically bullets coming coming out of my lungs right now uh anyway um it it was so when the movie intro starts and it's got this this metal (laughs) and i'm thinking like 
before I even looked into it, I thought, what the hell is this? Royalty free enter Sandman? Why does this sound exactly like Metallica, but it's not Metallica? So I go and look it up. Yeah. John Carpenter tried to get the rights from Metallica and he couldn't. So he recreated discount, great value, enter Sandman. And I'm not saying that he's bad at making the music or something. I'm just saying if you're trying to recreate it without actually recreating it, it's kind of going to kill the vibe because I'm not even Mr. Music aficionado guy. And I heard that and I know the song that it's trying to be. I'm thinking this isn't that though. So even if the song is like skilled in its musicianship, I know what it's trying to be and it's not that. So to me, that was that will just inherently come off as lame and a ripoff rather than anything cool. Maybe I'm being too harsh, but I don't know. Did that bother you or is that just a minor point? No, I, it didn't bother me. I didn't even notice. Yeah. Okay. Well, I gave it a, uh, a four out of five, a very respectable rating. Okay. All right. Mm, pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. I think fundamentally it's just, a, it's a cool concept I haven't seen before. And I was entertained throughout. And even if I'm, I'm scraping for philosophical value. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what matters is, uh, yeah. is, did I enjoy myself? <laughs> I certainly did. Good. I'm glad. Now, as far as the, uh, early audience reaction, um, yeah, fours and fives people are right there. So not a lot of hate for this movie. Uh, next week is going to be very interesting. Now, we had our first rejection of the nominations in quite some time. So it's a random selection. It is a wild card selection from IMDb's top 250 list. Next week, we are watching Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Okay. Which um, I watched when I was in college sometime around 2007. And at the time, I remember loving it. But I was also an idiot douchebag in college <laughs> in 2007. So I'll be very curious to see if this holds up. I, as much as I can't stand Jim Carrey, the guy. He's a good actor in dramatic roles. I love him in almost everything except for Ace Ventura. It's just too, it's, oh, yeah. it's too it's overdone. Too much. But I, I like him in serious roles. I loved um, Truman Show was the last one yeah. we watched with him in a, in a serious role. So I will, and I know the concept of this movie and I, th- I find the concept of this movie to be quite fascinating. So I'm excited to watch it again. Uh, but we do have the uh, list of nominations up for a vote again. They are from listener Steven. Uh, so you can make a selection if you feel like the list was wrongly rejected last week. The uh, nominations are death becomes her, the quick and the dead, the long kiss. Good night species barbed wire, the craft return of the living dead three uh, to die for. Or of course you can uh, once again, reject the list <coughs> in favor of a randomly selected top rated movie instead And as a reminder, if you'd like to read my movie reviews, comment how wrong I am, submit your own rating, vote for the next movie, and sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month, the one and only place to do that is in my weekly movie review column linked in the description and on the homepage of the website. That is mattchristensenmedia.com or (laughs) mattis.gay. All right, let's catch up with our uh, chatters and we'll call it a night. Sure. I just got one over here on Rumble. Implosive Critter went elk hunting yesterday, uh, spent two or so hours retracing my steps to eventually spot the corner of my cell phone sticking out of a patch of dirt. Well, that is indeed 
a, uh, okay. a big achievement. So he potentially lost his phone in the woods, but tracked it down to find it. I Congratulations, mean, butthead. I would take that as an implication that you were not successful in your elk hunt. But I also understand the difficulty of elk hunts, though we were trying by bow at the time. Uh, unfortunately, due to circumstances X, Y, and Z, I was not able to do another hunt this fall, which was my plan. I had planned oh. to do some deer hunting, and that didn't materialize. So my quest to get back on the hunt will resume next fall, I suppose. Um, but, you know, I the fact that you got out there and you put the effort in, that's that's really what it's all about. I. I say that as guy who went hunting one time and pretends he has insightful things to say about it. But I understand the difficulty and I understand that the expectation with going of going out and, get, and being successful every single time is uh, not the right attitude with which to approach it. So if you got out there and you enjoyed the outdoors and you got some exercise in and you saved your phone, how we call that a win. Yep. Totally. Uh, Manic Idiot. Says, good show, fair rating on the movie. Here's $10 to you low-down, dirty money grabbers. Well, thanks. I, uh, I'm, I'm glad you uh, generally enjoyed the movie as well, I would assume, if you find that to be an appropriate rating. Uh, I went in sort of expecting to... Part of, part of the reason I kind of thought I was going to hate it is because I, I have such reverence for Jurassic Park. Yeah. And even though I like John Carpenter. It took me a while to figure out that that was him. Like, how do you go from Jurassic Park, like this iconic classic, to the next year or, you know, around the same time? To a classic John Carpenter film because he can pick roles. Yeah, I guess. And I was wrong because it's, it's, the movie's not Jurassic Park. And that's why Jurassic Park is rated higher for, from, for me at least, not by everyone here. But, uh, but I thought I was like, this is such a ridiculous step down, but it, it proved it's worth to me. In the end. <laughs> Although as far as I understand, I think um, Mouth of Madness was kind of a, a box office underperformer. I don't think it did that well. And part of oh, the really? reason I, maybe, well, to me, there are a couple things. The title, you don't really know what's going on or what to expect. And I don't know if you've seen the actual artwork for the movie. It's some of the worst uh, I've ever seen. Like in the I movie, seen it, no. in the movie, um, like the movie that, that Trent goes to watch of himself, that has kind of cool black and white stylized artwork of him. You know, I was like, that yeah. should have been the artwork for the movie. Let me bring this up. This is the artwork for in the mouth of madness. I'll send you the, the Wikipedia here, or you can just Google it. Um, that is some of the worst movie art. It's like a book opening with like a screamy face in the light that's coming out of the book, I guess. Huh. Is, I just think it's some of the worst movie art I've ever seen that does not inspire me to watch the movie at all. Let me see. I'm opening up Skype. It's taking forever. Sorry. So uh, I guess do don't do judge do a book do by do its do cover do. or a movie by its cover. But this one, I think, may have been a failure in that regard. I don't know. I don't hate it. I think it's I think it's really bad, but just my opinion. <clears throat> no, I find that inoffensive. I guess I, I wouldn't say it's like offensively bad. It's just not I don't know what I'm looking at and it doesn't make me want to watch the movie. But that's okay. just me. Yeah. All right. I'm good on uh, Rumble and Odyssey and DLive. Thank you guys over there as well. I think we <laughs> left off on. Yeah, I remember Jayvon? Son of the Wolf because of how gross that one was. J-Val. Yeah. I had exactly the same car in late high school, 90s Oldmobile Cutlass. Had the same idling problem. Someone set the idle fast. Two, idle problem was caused by hole in the vacuum system. Mm. 
brake issues. It never did you get solved. You better get solved. that time machine. And <laughs> Pretty sure my parents just donated that car. I don't, I don't know what happened to it. It disappeared from their property one day. Because when I left for college, that thing was not safe enough to operate. <laughs> no, indeed. And then my brother went to the army and he definitely did not take that thing with him. So I just disappeared from their property one day. Nope. So I don't know. Uh, Jacko. I drove a 90 Cutlass Supreme in high school too. It yes. had an all digital dash right. and red leather interior and eighties green digital. I could make U-turns because I would, I couldn't make U-turns because I would hit the opposite curve. <laughs> it's the best car ever. Dude, I, here I thought I was a loser for driving this car, but now I, I feel <laughs> validated that this was a cool car to have. And you're right. I, I failed to explain the key feature of the Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme, which was the all digital dash. Um, and that actually got me in trouble. More great stories about this car. So the, the dash on it, it didn't have your traditional speedometer, you know, your little needle. It had what looked like an alarm clock, like what? 80s, 90s digital dashboard. And whatever went wrong in that car, the dashboard <laughs> flickered. Okay. Sometimes it was on, sometimes it was off. Meaning you can't tell how fast you're going sometimes. So one day, reckless me going home for lunch when I was a junior or senior in high school, I got caught by the small town police doing 30 in a 25 and he pulled me over and my excuse was, I'm sorry, I can't tell how fast I'm going. And the police officer said, yeah, well, you need to get that piece of crap fixed. And I said, okay, I will. Here's I will. a ticket. And it was for 20 bucks. And I said, can I just give you 20 bucks? And he said, nope, you got to go down to the courthouse. So I wasn't even. And now was, you hate the government. That wasn't even me trying to buy off a crooked cop. That was me trying. I was aiming for efficiency. Like, listen, dude. <laughs> I got to go home and, you know, microwave a hot pocket or whatever I was doing. <laughs> I will legit give you 20 bucks to settle this matter <laughs> right now. Let me see if I can find uh, an image of the digital dashboard. And uh, uh, <laughs> um, no, no. None of these look exactly like what it was because I think they learned their lesson. I think Oldsmobile later on learned... Like you got to have some speedometer as part of it because if it's just the digital numbers and that goes haywire, like the whole thing's screwed. Yeah. So maybe they learned their lesson on this design. I'll scroll through. You read a few more. I'll scroll through some of these and sure. see if I can find an example of what it looked like, but I don't see it so far. KY Hubes. Hey guys, big fan for years. Given your news, I just had to share mine. I'm going to be a dad. Congratulations. Wow. We appreciate it. Congratulations, so butthead. But actual congratulations, because that is a uh, major accomplishment <clears throat> in life. And assuming this is your first, which it sounds like it is, you know, there's your life. Because you're excited. <laughs> <laughs> there's your life before and there's your life after. Yeah. But yeah. I would not go back to the before world at all, in any way. I just, it's, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's lacking a, a piece of experience that I think is necessary for a complete life. And totally. You know, I, I understand some people choose not to have kids. I understand people have certain conditions where they can't. But if you're the sort of person who uh, who who absolutely can have kids and you opt out of it, I think you're really missing out on a, a key piece of a complete life. So congratulations, man. And I have no doubt that you will find fulfillment in it. Yep. Um, Long Don John, a lot of these migrant hotels are owned by Irish politicians who are supporting mass illegal migrant waves. Well, there you go. Kids get stabbed so politicians can get rich. Ha ha. See, I was right. If you can <laughs> show me that uh, Prime Minister Leo 
owns and operates the uh the holiday inn then we're arm in arm like like uh, arnold and the one black guy in terminator the guy who played uh, apollo creed what's his name you didn't unmute your mic but can you mute me? oh <laughs> i thought you were trying to tell me who the actor was but here you're just you know you're passing away fair Sorry, enough yeah uh <clears throat> Bryden Proctor, uh, Irish people are George Floyd. Um, maybe. I'm not, I guess I'm, I'm, I don't know exactly what the, uh, the, it's a little bit over my head. I don't know exactly what the reference is there. Uh, Long Don John says a lot of these migrants, oh, that's the one that you read. Daniel Yeager says this whole DEI fad is in an exercise in trust busting. They apply the low trust society factors to the workforce to prevent unionizing. Again, the workshop of low wages and high margins. Uh, I guess I didn't think about it in that way, but I, but yeah, like it's a part of big business interest to, to try to break solidarity among the American worker. Hadn't thought of that angle, but there's no, there's no doubt that it, uh, that it creates divisions. Uh, <laughs> I remember I've only been a part of these sort of conversations in a professional context once and it was at my prior desk job. Did you ever have like a DEI conversation? Mm-mm. There was one that that we had. And this is uh, circa like 20, maybe 2012. This is before I really understood what was going on here. So I was just trying to play ball. But as part of one of these meetings where we're supposed to talk about what I now understand to be DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion concepts. Again, something that was foreign in my mind as a young man before all this really took hold. We had to sit, first of all, there were, well, there were two cases. The latter one was discussion groups were literally segregated by race, which I'm standing there with yeah. all the other white guys being like, what the f-? What? Yeah. This yeah. seems like the opposite of what was supposed to happen. All right, whatever. Um, I'm, you know, it's the sort of thing where it's like, I don't care. It's a work meeting. Am I getting paid and can I go home at five? Right. Cool. That was kind of the attitude before you realize how destructive this sort of thing actually is. But around this table... We actually had to, the, the person leading this discussion had us go individually and say to the group, the ways in which we are oppressed. And mind you, this office job that I worked, speaking of, of union contracts, we were all represented by a labor union. Okay. We all had, if we did the same job, we made the same money. And I tended to work with a lot of women in this office setting, many of whom were racial minorities who were making more money than I was because they were in leadership positions. Yeah. And I don't want to like, again, I'm just trying to keep my job. I'm not trying to rock the boat though. Present day me would say some shit. That's a lot different than what I said then, but they ask us to, they go around and like every, all my bosses are saying like, well, as a woman of color, all the bullshit you'd expect. And then they get to me and the other white guys who again are like maybe half the people there, quite possibly a minority in this work setting, white men. And I'm like, okay, Am I supposed to say like, I am not oppressed because I'm a white guy or am I supposed to join the club and find and manufacture an oppression? So my young mind went to choice B. I went to door two and I thought, no, no, you're supposed to find the way that you're oppressed and mistreated. (laughs) And so what I said at the time, because at the time I was, was that like, well, I mean, I guess I'm a religious non-believer and like in some contexts that's frowned upon that I'm like not a, you know, a person of Christian faith or something. 
Again, that doesn't describe me now as that's become much more important to me. Right. Uh, and investigating that is something I place a lot of value in. But back then, that, that's where my mind went. Like, how are you? How are you an oppressed minority? Oh, it's because you don't. It's because you don't go to church. That's how. That's that's why. And you just see everyone. It's not just what? me. It's not like I botched yeah, it yeah. worse than anybody. But everybody is just going through this painful exercise under the guise of what? Like more fairness in the workplace or a, a, a better functioning workplace? No. Like now we're all walking on eggshells terrified to piss anybody off or something. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, it's one of those things, again, like, you know, certain aspects of of classes I took later in college too where I couldn't see it then. But if I saw it and if I was there now, if I could go back a decade in a time machine, would have grabbed my, you know, 20 year old self and be like, no, you got to stop this right now. It's all bullshit. Don't do you gotta, it. You know, tell them no, they're all you- dumbasses. <clears throat> Who cares about your check? It doesn't matter anyway. Yeah. You had to go down that path though. Oh, yeah. It's just, am- it's amazing how clear it is in retrospect <laughs> when in the moment you're like, okay, this seems like some bullshit that doesn't matter, but who cares? You know, it, it, it yeah. does matter and you should care a lot. Yep. I wish I did at the time. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> oh, sorry. Let's um, see. Where did I leave off? Tortuga's uh, dog. No. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Knuckle Hunky Buck. Tortuga's yeah. dog is just going out to get a milk <laughs> bone. Uh, he'll be right back. <laughs> I forgot about that. The uh, the black lab joke. That's right. Thank you for uh, for adding to the bit. Uh, Polaris 9009. Ready to be triggered blonde? My wife of five years convinced me that developing or deploying. that deploying was the only way to and our end end our marriage to yeah, to end our marriage. Maybe depression from. The possible divorce ruined my reputation in the army and she hid her new boyfriend until I got home. Jesus Christ, dude. Uh, I'm very sorry to hear that. And unfortunately, I, you know, I, I know it's not like I know a ton of guys uh, <laughs> with military experience, but of course my brother was in and I have friends who have been in. And so I've seen some iterations of stories like this. The amount of times that women take men to the cleaners for, the benefits to which they're entitled, which really that's the only reason the women are sticking around. Uh, That, that shit is uh, way too common. Uh, Dependipotamuses. Yeah, dude, that's terrible. And I'm really sorry to hear it. And, um, and all the best to you, man. Also says, just want to say thank you for doing what you do. You guys are my sanity safe space. While I sacrificed a year of my son's life for a cheating 304. God bless both. uh, And your families. Well, uh, all, all the best to you, man. I'm, I'm really sorry to hear it. And I just, I can't, uh, you know, I, I understand a, a lot of women are, um, we love you. You're very special seeking, <clears throat> seeking convenience and security in that way. And I understand you fall in and out of love. And even though that's what that a doesn't is matter, to be. who cares? I get all of those things, but it's like, you, you gotta be to do that to a guy who's overseas and planning on coming back to you and finding comfort in the idea of coming back to you when shitty. he gets back home. So you have shitty, to be yeah. really heartless. Especially with kids. Something's <clears throat> got to be wrong with you, you know? <clears throat> Jonathan Prezios says, this sounds like Tim Pool's writer. When they write like Victor, you will know they are full of shit. I, I don't know Tim Pool's... Uh, I don't know, even know if you're sincere in that or if that's sarcastic. Um, but... <laughs> uh, 
if how Victor remains employed as a journalist, I, I, I can't imagine. Um, VV says, Matt Walsh's latest podcast opening monologue is very familiar. He's a lot of, he has a lot of your trans day of remembrance content and coverage. Um, I haven't heard it, so I'll have to check it out. But, um, of course, uh, this week was trans day of remembrance on Monday, if you didn't hear. And, uh, the video I was able to put together this week with what was left of my voice and my health was about going through the reports because the report is always fun to go through. Um, of course, you know, generally people are familiar with the idea that, that, even according to their own statistics, trans people are safer from murder than the general population because they yeah. only came up with 26. 26 people were killed. A lot of them aren't murders, but get this. In terms of what they're calling an anti-trans killing, one of them was a trans-on-trans murder-suicide because they were engaged to be married. The air quotes wife-to-be who impregnated the air quotes husband-to-be. So a man claiming to be a woman murder suicided a woman claiming to be a man who was carrying his child. Good Lord. Are you serious? And they call that like anti-trans violence or frame it in that way. Yikes. Esoterica unbound. This year I was that uncle offending a bunch of family at Thanksgiving. I avoided talking (laughs) about actual politics since some of my nieces and nephews are Democrats. But it's apparently a problem to say that. He continues. In general, paternal involvement is a necessity for development of healthy, responsible people. It seems all parents matter is somehow sexism adjacent. During the ensuing tag team debate about this, I replied to an assertion about how intelligent women uh, are with, quote, or at least good at sounding intelligent. Okay. Our, Our millennial hostess was particularly offended and a dramatic change of the white knights follows. Let me refresh here to see if you had more to say about that. So if I gather here, this was a, uh, a table conversation about, uh, this is about family integrity or keeping families together, uh, or paternal involvement with kids. I mean, something related to that. Yeah. I mean, uh, you want to talk about the greatest statistical predictor for the success of a child. It is mom and dad staying together, period, end of list. Um, and, and that's why that's so crucial. We talk about uh, one of the ways in which the concept of marriage has been morphed is the idea that, well, the way they say love is love. Uh First of all, love is not love because not all types of love are capable of creating a child. That is the distinction. It's not me saying I want to take the state and come to every gay guy's house and club him or something, (laughs) but there's something unique about the union of man and woman. And that is that they can create a child. And so the nature of that relationship, marriage, is built upon what? It's built upon the prospect or the actualization of the creation of children as a product of that union. So when we say, well, it's really just about who you love. Well, I mean, I get like, sure, uh, spend your time with whoever you want, I guess. But my commitment to my wife is just as much, if not more so, a commitment to my son and my next son coming in the next few days as it is to her. Yep. That's why it's important. So when we start talking about like all this other nonsense about like, well, you know, all families are equal and, and all this, yeah, like not true. It's like, I'm not, you know, to the extent you're not violating anybody's rights, I'm not trying to bust you up, but can we stop pretending that like all family arrangements are equally beneficial for the child? Cause they aren't because they aren't. No, it's as simple as that. And you can't provide any evidence otherwise. 
And if anyone wants to dispute that, you, it sounds right, esoteric unbound. Like it's a bunch of, <clears throat> it's probably a bunch of academics who have spent far too much time studying and not enough time having families of their own to realize that obvious truth about the world. So good on you for uh, challenging some minds that probably need to be challenged. And I hope your uh, your dinner wasn't ruined. And the, that makes it sound like it might be more fun. Maybe, yeah, I guess maybe. I hope it, I hope it, I hope dinner was destroyed on second thought. Uh, we are all set on YouTube and Rumble. We're good. Uh, uh, I'm YouTube sorry, and Tippy, guys. Rather. Jeez. Uh, Rumble, we're all set. Odyssey, we're all set. T-Live, we're all set. Okay. I would ask you if you had anything more to say, but I don't think you're capable of saying it. <laughs> Do you know what else? When I was coughing, I peed my pants a little bit. So. <laughs> well, then we better get the hell out of here. Uh, thank you guys, as always, for spending your evening with us, even if it is difficult listening at times. But I think next week we're finally going to do it. We're going to have a show at full vocal strength for both of us. Uh, I say that, and actually my my, my son will probably be sure. born next Sunday. And I'll, be, <laughs> yeah. I'll be over anyway. But hey, thanks for making the show as... Uh, as uh, as healthy as it could possibly be. Appreciate that. Of course, if you need to uh, listen back to any part of the show or if you're listening later on demand uh, or the way to do that, rather, if you want to catch any other part of the show, is head on over to the website. Check out the podcast page of the website and get the audio platforms of the show as well and find much more to listen to you may not find on YouTube. Speaking of, find anything else show-related over at mattchristiansonmedia.com and or mattis.gay. We'll be back next Sunday, or at least that is the plan, because if it's Sunday, sorry, Kristen Wilker, it's not me, the press. It is uh, the Matt and Blonde Show. Bye, guys.